Yeah. Welcome wrong. to Bonehead Weekly. Who the hell are you people? And where are my where's my pants? So today hmm. we've got Ben Helwig and Glenn. Glenn, what's your, what's your last name again? <laughs> Glenn Cook, right? No, thanks, I mate. <laughs> I know I can see it down here. I'm just being an asshole. So, guys, we have been doing Bonehead Weekly Fun Size for Good Movie Monday now two years more too long well i know too long i agree with that i I keep waiting for scarefest to tell me hey you don't have to do a weekly review anymore but they've yet to say it i swear to god i do keep waiting for that conversation but how long we've been doing it it's over two years yeah it's probably coming on three now have you been i can't i can't even remember if you've been with it from the beginning i think you have not the right from the start. Very no, I don't beginning. think we were from the no, beginning because you, you had um, you had the I'm... other host for a while. Had Keith. Um, yeah, I reckon maybe what? you came there in. There was hot. somebody before Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm a ringer. <laughs> I'm a Johnny come lately. Yeah, all I heard was come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said it's a Johnny come everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, if we're we actually don't ever get the chance to actually talk like this, so it'll probably be fifteen <laughs> or twenty minutes of really inappropriate jokes, making fun of one another before we actually talk about anything remotely <laughs> important. Because, we, like I said, we've been trying. Also, this is the time for you, Ben and Glenn, and it's just fun that it rhymes to give us shit because we have been trying to get this interview done for how long? A year and a half. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We've, we've been waiting. We've been, we've been sitting in that waiting room a while. <laughs> yeah, because you also got to realize, Joe, this is the first time Ben's actually been on the show. I it know. I know. Glenn I, feel like was... we're Matt, I feel like we're Matt Damon in the, on the, we always get bumped at the end of the show and never make it onto the, <laughs> on Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Kimmel. Ah, so for the best. It's okay. But guys, I, I was going to re-listen to Glenn's episode to make sure I didn't re-ask questions. And I realized I didn't remember a damn question in it. And I'm assuming some <laughs> of our audience probably won't remember any of it in it. So I'm not going to try to do what I wanted to do is start with the conversation and see where it goes from there. But before we get started, how can you defend <laughs> Halloween ends? <laughs> you knew, you knew, you knew this was how it was going to start. That's what Absolutely. I was worried when they when they told us there was no plan for this episode. I should have known. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I had, was, plan was, I had a plan the whole time. I had a plan. I have questions that I'm waiting for James to get on for, but I knew. So I was like, Joe's just going to start with Halloween in, so I'm just going to let it roll. So here's the thing: you and I are both Halloween three fans, right? And and I think Tommy Lee Wallace is an unappreciated director who gave us and Front Night Part Two is another really good sequel that people that's off that that actually i think people know more about it now than they did 10 years ago and he gave us a prefer part two and he gave us a better it part two as well Mm. (laughs) but (laughs) that i did not know you preferred part two over part one i can't go that far but i i think part two is so different in so many ways from so much from the casting the characterization I, i i just love the love part two and it's an unappreciated film, but I didn't know you preferred it over the original Friday night. Because I prefer film. a lot of number twos over number ones. Yeah, so he, he's just, a big nothing. sequel fan. Yes. Except he, yeah. except he hates the Dark Knight, which I still can't get over. Yeah, Child's Play too. So maybe you now, just... you're into a, now you're into number threes, Glenn, which is a piss and a shit and a wank in a tree, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not necessarily in that order, but that yeah. Order, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And so here's the thing I want to say about Halloween. So the first part of it was just me being an asshole, but this is true. So I give him props for trying something new. I really do. I just don't think it works. By the way, should I take my headphones out since I haven't seen it yet? I don't know <laughs> that it's going to give anything away. I I'm mean, not going to spoil it. Okay. But I mean, I'm not even going to defend it. Like, it's he's just wrong. Like, it was so much better than Halloween. Halloween, Halloween kills. No, it on. is. It is better oh, than Halloween right, kills. Yeah. Halloween but, ends. but I Halloween, took Halloween kills is unwatchable. Ben, I yeah. took a shit in the floor and it was better than Halloween kills. The hey, only I went, th- um, oh, sorry, I went so far as to say on our show that, um, it's probably the, in my mind, the best sequel of all the Halloweens. You, I know you have said it. And then you went off on a guy that we're both kind of mutual friends with on Facebook. And that, that's when I posted on it. I was like, I'm just going to let you guys go ahead and turn off the light as you're going back and forth arguing <laughs> comments. Feel free just to, when you leave the room to turn the light off, I'm leaving. So, and he listens to the show, Jake Gobold. So hi, Jake. But I, I just, that's, that's, so my problem is, is that first of all, I like the Halloween, the, the 2018, and that should have been it. There really doesn't need to be two more sequels after that, because that story is fairly self-contained right I there. I didn't care for it. So I like it. I like that it's just, ah, oh, fuck it get rid of all the other movies and let's deal with this crazy bitch living in the woods. Who's suffered all this trauma. I I like a lot of that. And I think it works, but I don't need the kills and the ends. And that's just, I mean, they're just for money. You know what, what I, what I really, I mean, there's a lot of things I have. I'm really not trying to pick on you. I really am. No, no, I know. Well, no, but what I think one, there's many things, but Jamie Lee Curtis was the one that had the idea to revive it for H2O. Like she was the one, let's come back and do this again to celebrate the anniversary. And she wanted to disregard those sequels that came in between, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's come well, back for 40. She wasn't in. What's that? The one she wasn't in? Well, yeah. The one she and went in. Come, well, I'll just pretend those didn't she's happen. Back, she's come back for 40 and she wants to now discredit the one she was in. It's yeah. like, it's just, she's, she's responsible for fucking up all the timelines. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff, what I like about it is I have absolutely no skin in the Halloween game. Like I am mm-hmm. not a massive Halloween fan by any stretch of the the words like i like the i like the original i like yep. halloween 3 which is not a halloween like a halloween halloween film it's it, it's much better i thought that as a as a anthology type series it would have been great i totally agree that. with you totally agree with you uh, john had the right idea it just didn't work yeah or yeah. well that well because i guess because they did halloween 2 if they hadn't have done halloween 2 and halloween 2 or halloween 2 would have been season of the witch then it would have just been straight off the bat that Michael Myers isn't a recurring character. He's just the first killer. And if there's a different killer in every episode, in every iteration of the film, no mess, no fuss. But because Halloween 2 came out, then everyone wanted Michael Myers, which is what I don't understand. Like, you know, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't like slashes where the, the villains, I don't like any of them where the villains are somehow supernaturally powerful and unstoppable. I always think that's just a bit ridiculous. Like, you know, I think it's much more scary when they're grounded in some kind of reality. And what about, I th- sorry, the only one, and I agree with Ben 100%. That's one of the reasons why I can't get into the slasher films that much. The only instance where I actually like it and I like the reasons they keep bringing him back is Child's Play. I just love mm-hmm. the fact that the way they keep bringing resurrecting Chucky. 
I just but love that's, that. But whole, that's, that whole... that's grounded in the fantasy from the beginning, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Same yeah. thing yeah. with Nightmare like on the Street. Kid. Like, I mean, that's the, the whole premise of Halloween is that Michael Myers is a little kid who hmm. kills his family and spends the rest of his life in a mental hospital and then somehow magically grows up into a super strong, uh, you know, un, unkillable force. I thought that that's what that's the kind of the smartest thing about Halloween ends is they add that supernatural thing and try and make it about they turn Haddonfield into <laughs> Derek. And yeah, you know, he's just embodied by the spirit of evil. Plus the fact that, I mean, he is like, what would he be like? 70 years old now something like that yeah. well i yes. you know, and it's not like he heads to the gym every week like his muscle mass would naturally be reduced so he when be an old man. so when he's getting up i like that part the part i can't stand is oh he's there's just a drain pipe and he's i'm sorry and you can't ben loves that up. ben loves that ben loves that why i, love yeah, that I, I think he i, I think i almost got spoiled so the headphones went yeah. out <laughs> why all right. Well, we'll stop with Halloween ends because James Thomas is here, and we all love James Thomas. Actually, I don't care for James Thomas. He, he He's still, still connecting. connecting to audio. He's just I, crawled I, out of his drain pipe. Yeah, he just crawled out of the drain pipe, and he got his haircut. How are you, James? I got them all. I got them all cut, Joe. It costs a little bit extra, but I'm worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I have only ever got more cuts <laughs> back, when I, back when I had hair. In fact, maybe that's the reason I don't have it anymore. No, I, we all do the same thing. I, I actually have a coupon up here for one of the for the generic place. I'm I'm all excited about getting a haircut in the next couple of weeks. So, Chad, you said you had questions, but you well, had to wait until James got here. So, my first question is actually to you and and James, not these two fuckers. Listen, no. yeah, fuck. Listen. Who would care so, about talking to the actual guests? You know, when we record episodes, you know, we don't talk to each other ahead of time, right? We pick our movies, and you know. Things happen. We yep. don't even talk to each other when we record, actually. What <laughs> so, most people don't know is we don't acknowledge each other. We really so, barely are in the same room ever. Right. Ever. So if I pick one of your picks, what do you say to me? Fuck you, and I hope you damn die. Yep. James, what do you say? Well, I don't normally say anything, but what you don't know is that every time you pick one of my movies, I make an anonymous tip using your address uh, about a terrorist organization. <laughs> I don't, That's, you don't yeah. know that yet. Bent on day. ruling the world. Cobra. So, <laughs> so <laughs> with your answers, have we ever said to one another, oh, you Bigfoot at my pick? No. Okay. Ben, no, I prefer what the Sasquatch. fuck? <laughs> I prefer Sasquatch, my pick. That's what I'm going to go with. From now it's, just, it's a constant, it's just a constant, like I have very limited times. And most of the time, I don't see, I don't see your episodes ahead of time really until glenn tells me on the day and i'm like ah oh, fuck and i have to scramble last minute to try and find something else to talk about yeah, but that's so not ben, to say that's not to say he hasn't got your link ahead of time where he could actually watch it yeah, but, yeah and then <laughs> one, so one time ben went off on us and said oh they chad bigfoot at my pick what did I that think mean? He mean i think yeah i think he's getting at what does bigfooted mean mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just it means that you uh you talk because i always end up I always end up for some reason that that review always ends up after your segment on the show. <laughs> so I was like, so I just, I, I look, I feel like, like we've both come to the party wearing the same dress. Well, what does it have to do with big? <laughs> is that an Australian, is that an Aussie term? I got big. That's not one I've heard. Yeah. Okay. I've never heard of. It's because you, you've, you know, you've stood on my foot with your bigger foot. <laughs> In all fairness, it's a, ben, it's a Benism. 
I do have a 14. I do wear a size 14 foot. I, I don't know say, what that Chad's is. Chad's the only person foot. I've ever met that has a bigger foot than I do. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's but, now that's mine actually, is wider. I have wider. They're both two inches taller than me or one to two inches taller than me, and they both have bigger feet than me. I don't uh, know what that is. I don't know how often you actually listen to the show, but the first first hour i'd say of the show is just me whinging about stuff to glenn okay. <laughs> there's stuff that stuff that i could easily have uh, uh found out about had i done any prep or planning or uh remembering of anything you what said that you said us. i big footed your response probably about seven months ago and i have been dying yeah. to bring it and i refuse <laughs> i refuse to send it through facebook messenger i'm like no they're going to be on the show <laughs> and i'm going to call him out on this because i have no idea what that means <laughs> this is chad's <laughs> halloween ends and how disappointing <laughs> is that answer <laughs> all right and speaking of bad choices um I, i'm going to go off camera because i don't want to see the fight that i'm getting ready to cause so excuse me uh so uh joe and james yeah yeah uh ben hates burt reynolds what now in all fairness in all fairness we can actually say that's anti-american and that's not offensive to it so it's fine <laughs> it's fine you cannot be american and hate burt reynolds. I need can i just say though like you're talking to the guy that was responsible for creating a burt reynolds box set I saw that on the Umbrella website, but there is an episode where he said he absolutely hated Burt Reynolds. He hated his comedies. I think you said you even hated him with Dom DeLuise, which is sacrilegious. Now, now that once again, but you hated him, but not Dom DeLuise, right? Because I will get on a plane. <laughs> well, I can't afford a ticket. I will get on a boat. Well, I can't afford a boat ticket. I will slowly drift over and fight to defend yeah. Dom DeLuise. And, and you'll know he's arrived because he'll be wearing a cape and saying, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Captain Chaos. Captain Chaos. So yeah, no, I'm not a big fan. So oh. how do you not like Smokey and the Bandit? I do. Well, look, I like Smokey. <laughs> I do like Smokey and the Bandit. Man, I, I, I'm not, not familiar with the uh, two and three. Uh, well, I if like, you don't like uh, Burt Reynolds, you'll love Part Three. I like well, he's in it Rose. though. He's he's got a delicious little cameo. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you said delicious. <laughs> I love I love number three of Smokey the Bandit. Oh, then do you know about the whole thing about whether it was shot with and without? I mean, Smokey is the bandit. Smokey is the bandit. And then there's that. Have you seen the photo of Jackie Gleason in the bandit gear? That's great. Yeah, yeah, I I believe it. I believe it. I would love to see that cut. But they've tracked down the writer and he's like, nah, there's no, it's all bullshit. He went to, I don't know. It's, I don't know where Jackie was, but he's in Jupiter, Florida and he'd had a heart attack and he went down there to write it and he had a casino in his living room. If I find the interview, Glenn, I'll send it to you. It's just. It's like this shit happened to you. I mean, even if they didn't pay you, you this was a fantastic experience as a writer to hang out. With Jackie I would Lisa. love there to be a number a number three alternative cut, though. Yeah, I would too. I mean, <laughs> right on course. the shelf next to the cursed director cut, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And by so, the way, uh, Glenn and Ben, I'll pay you ten dollars each if one of you all just slams Silence of the Hams right now. <laughs> How could you slam it? Because it doesn't, How? it's not any good. It's up there with oh. Repossessed and uh, I, was chicken, I do Park like Repossessed. Chicken Park. Loaded Weapon 1. <clears throat> oh, oh yeah. God, yeah. I yeah, like you can't. scenes in Loaded Weapon 1. So Have you Joe... seen Chicken Park? Come on. No, but there's a place my kids used to watch fireworks that they called Chicken Park because it was a park <laughs> and somebody had put up a seven foot tall chicken statue in front of it. I've been to that place. Oh. You know what's better and than Joe visits the, the Chicken Ranch. So, you know. 
No, chicken ranch. Better than Silence of the Rayhams? Mafia. No. <laughs> Jane Austen's Mafia, thank you very much. Jane oh, Austen's yeah, I forgot <laughs> shit. Sorry, bro. Jane Austen's Mafia. <laughs> I, by the way, owned all of those. I own Silence <laughs> of the Ham still because I can't get it on DVD because America hates me. Uh, I've got it on VHS, though, and I also had Mafia on VHS because for some reason they were 99 cent discounts. Uh, is, it, is it F. Murray Abrahams in that as Hannibal Lecter? Or which one is he Hannibal Lecter in? Dom DeLuise is Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the That's Hams. right. I might I think, be, I think maybe it's Loaded Weapon. It's Loaded Weapon 1 where F. Murray yeah. Abraham is. Is it real? Yeah. I don't remember. My favorite yeah. scene in Loaded Weapon 1, we've talked about this on Bonehead. Is, uh, it was as the lieutenant or whatever, and he keeps saying, I've got this going on, I've got this going on. I've got this burning sensation. He goes, your damn foot's on fire. <laughs> it shouldn't be funny. Cracks me hey, up every single Sarge, time. it's tingling. Good girl. That means it's working. <laughs> yes, it makes sense. <laughs> and by the way, how come you neither one of us can land? Here's a question I have for you, Ben. I mean, Glenn. Why can't we land Pat Proft? Uh, because, because he's not a plane. Because he's difficult. I know shit. I've <laughs> approached him many times, and he's every time he's like, "Yeah, absolutely. Let's set it up. Here's my email." But you email him, he'll never respond. He just flat got- out told me no. More than once. Well, yeah, he told me once, no, but just keep at him, but he probably won't deliver. Like, David Zuck is an easier get. Yeah, and David has never returned my messages, so <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> he was a good interview, but... um, It was, I yeah, watched it, I watched keep, it. Keep at him, keep at him. No, but I think I one of us should, should eventually be able to get fucking Pat Proft. You should, right, one of us should one of us no, should be able to do that i've given up on it man i've no no interest like if they're going to be that way by the way yeah uh, but no offense but a, go ahead but fuck pat prof now that we talked about loaded weapon one i want to get gene quintano because not only yeah. did he direct loaded weapon one he directed why me with lambert and christopher lloyd for god's sakes oh and he did um king solomon's minds oh really and a classic also another movie i owned on vhs and need to pick up the dvd but yeah, I, I've, stuff. guys, I've never seen Why Me. Now I've got to find a copy of it. <laughs> All right, I got another question while I'm sitting here. Does anybody want any bourbon? Yes, can uh, you drive well, it over? Too much I'm... of that last night. Thank you very much. Or whiskey, anyway. Okay, so oh, that's not bourbon. Yes, yeah, you bastard. No. Well, that's why I said whiskey, anyway. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably that Canadian whiskey. <laughs> uh, wherever it was, Fireball. Wherever that's from. No oh. idea. Uh, Fireball technically is German. The original just, one was German. James is a James is a fireball aficionado. But the American stuff is not German because it doesn't meet the German quality, so we get the runoff effectively. Well, I would have thought that the American stuff is American, guys. It's seriously, it's the only alcohol that James will drink. <laughs> it's not the only one I'll drink. Oh, it's but the, it only is the one. one. No, no. Other than that, that that what is that? That Volk Klingon beer, blood wine, whatever the hell that nasty shit you had us drink. That, that one. was Romulan no, ale, ale, you uncultured swine. Sorry. <laughs> God, that was awful. Well, once a, that's what I enjoy sorry. most about the is it because it's what cinnamon that? flavor? Is that yes. is that why it's the only alcohol you'll drink, James? Oh, it's, well, it's actually because it's a cure all. It's, it's medicinal. <laughs> oh. If you've got a sore throat, it and you take enough of it, it turns out your throat doesn't feel any sore anymore. It's very. Medicinal. I don't know why. I don't know why Trump wasn't pushing that uh, during the whole the start of the COVID thing. Uh, to be honest, it would be the only thing he didn't push at one point, including putting <laughs> lights up your rectum. At no, one point. I was going to say, I think at one point I he said, that. Oh, that was but if you mix the fireball with it that bleach, of the COVID. 
in all, in all things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, once a month on the show, every month we have Melzy Begg on the desk and she's from the Melbourne Horror Film Society and we've made that our fireball episode. So last night we recorded the latest episode and we drank more than we normally drink and it was a very, very lively episode. So much so that we forgot to plug her microphone in. So that was um, a whole episode. <laughs> I can only imagine the hangover you had. Yeah, have it's it's practically only just woken up so oh, <laughs> god so anyway chad this was the part where you wanted to practice your throat singing that monk thing that you do where you really melt it through your throat. I, I am still getting over rsv there is nothing my throat can do right now that's not true i've seen your throat done a lot of shit <laughs> i'm gonna go get a pickle mm. now i actually what after we're done sucking pickles i have a question Ben, you do no research. No. Glenn, hmm. how many hours a week do you spend? Because I will give you a compliment and you'll just get it this one time. And I hate to do and it while we're recording. Am I froze? You froze. No, you're not you froze were. now. Oh, you okay. said I'm going to give Ben a compliment and then you froze. Well, that's not like you were just doing timing an epic is pause. Impeccable. It's impeccable. I, yeah, and I, I figured you were going to give Glenn a compliment, not me. <laughs> yeah. I am no, going to give... Well, actually, I just want to fuck Ben. But back to Glenn. The thing is, how many we'll hours do you spend? Because I actually think you beat us when it comes to knowledge. Oh yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Um, I think you do, dude. You do. I, I give you props on that. Yeah, you, you, you. Yeah. Maybe about anywhere from it depends on the episode, but maybe a minimum of five hours per week. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Your kids yeah. are grown. Um, right? Yeah, but not left. <laughs> you know how uh, I know yeah, so, you don't have a toddler? Yeah, that's right. Got time. Uh, so, yeah, maybe a minimum of five per week, but sometimes Man. more. So, yeah, I wish I could dedicate that much time. Back to the next question is, is curiosity. And I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it. While I'm trying to think of a way Not to phrase cat. it. No, why no. did you get Ben to, to come on the show? Why? Oh, no, no, no. I actually think that you're hilarious. <laughs> and you, That's guys why. Play, you guys play off each other very well, whereas Glenn is more serious. And because you do have a vast amount of knowledge, it works quite well between the two of you. So don't that, underestimate Ben's knowledge, though, because that's I the don't. thing. Is that he he plucks that information just like that. Dude, with, right. a, with, a, often... with a shelf like that, there Ben has to have. You that's know, what yeah, I was going to tell. Obviously, that's what I was going to say, Chad. Is that you can't just have that behind you. Like, is that the Nine of the Demons two videotape? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. None of the demons and none of the demons two. Nice. And so, uh... <laughs> but his whole house is like that. Which, by the way, the the fact that the Night of the Demons 2, that thing looks like a vampire makes no fucking sense, but it's a cool picture. Uh, yeah. real, real quick, just so I can get a sense of what your collection includes, Ben, how many Miles O'Keefe movies do you have? <laughs> That's a bit hard to answer. If you crept them, you'd have them all there. Yeah, I'd pull them all out. James, know. do the choke. Do the because joke. how many, how much O'Keefe do we need? We need miles O'Keefe. I guess it doesn't work if you use kilometers. Yes, yeah, not the same. Why didn't he go by kilometers, O'Keefe? He would have had more of an international. It would have definitely got more of an international draw. But you didn't. I'm curious, guys. Now, Glenn, I know you put the show together and I put our show together, but you put a lot more time into putting your show together than I do. Now, how often do you all listen to this shit? Do you listen to your episodes? 
Just how often do I listen? Yes. Ch- how Chad's often... had some sort of stroke. I don't know if anybody else noticed. Well, he's frozen. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not frozen. <laughs> he's, everybody else kept going, and I was like, Chad stroked out. Somebody. Why me? Why me? Is streaming on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> That's. <what> I, mean. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought he was still lost in Miles and Cave. Can I'll say Duke skipped so a beat and nobody else noticed. <laughs> so I to answer said, your question. Yes. Oh, to answer your question. So I obviously I'll listen back to the show to edit it. Yeah. Uh, but then I, before I was working from home, I'd give it a road test. I'd listen to it when it's dropped. I'd listen on the way to work and on the way home. Uh, now I don't do that as much just because I'm at home already. Some days if I've got some time, I'll put it on just to see how we sound. But usually I don't listen back other than edit. I don't either. Yeah, I used I used to. I used to just to see, okay, this is how I can improve. But yeah, I can't do it now. I can't. I haven't listened to an episode of ours in two and a half years. But I must admit, I go back and I listen to old episodes occasionally just to sort of, you know, reminisce or to do a bit of research. Have we spoken about something? And I'm always surprised at how far back we can go. And it still sounds good. Like, you know, early days might have been a bit sketchy. But I think once we got Keith out of the picture, then things were really firing. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, I used to joke at the start when I first started the show and Glenn would always, you know, oh, we talked about this on a past show. I'm like, I, I don't listen to any show that I'm not, I'm not on. Why would I listen to something that I'm not on? The, the real truth is that I will, I refuse to listen to anything that I'm actually on because yeah. I hate myself and yeah. I, I would quit the show. I'd just be like, no. I can't inflict this on the on the public anymore. On the two people that listen, could not inflict it on. Upon. I, well, no, and I, one of those I is Chad, apparently. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that though, because and I, it's it's what I always think about because internally, uh, for whatever reason, the way my voice echoes in my own, I think I sound like Cary Grant, and then I hear myself back, and I'm like, "Who is this guy that crawled out of the woodwork? And why don't we lock him down?" You, okay. yeah. I listen to you. Hackett, I would have thought James. <laughs> I think he just called you a bastard. I mean, I've been <laughs> called worse, but I do have document that my parents were indeed married. There you yeah. go. <laughs> no, so, I, I, and, and by the way, of course I listen to you. What else am I going to do while rubbing tapioca all over my naked body? <laughs> so I thought he was going to say, that. "We get that." What I thought he was going to say is, "What else am I going to do while rubbing one out?" And then he took it to another level. Yeah, we get that too. Yeah, yeah. So I've never I, had that yoga, so I look forward to coming to Kentucky one day. I was say, which by the way, this is <laughs> also really a thing it a to lot remind here, you. This is a thing to remind you to invest in tapioca because the more episodes <laughs> you put out, the more the demand's going to go up. So just I mean, I'm not telling you how to invest your money, but I'm just I'm saying, actually jumping yeah. onto a share site right now. I'm just gonna make that. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say you can you can come trade. Come to Kentucky and we'll give you a heaping helping of a hot brown, a mint julep, and 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 spoon bread so you can just puke and never want to come back to this fucking state ever again. <laughs> you forgot the best, Chad. Oh, God, yeah, that shit. Ugh. No, no, the best. It says it right on the can somewhere. The best of the bluegrass in a green glass. So this is the so, can. So, so wait, wait, wait. Cover up the bottom part. Cover up the bottom part and only show them the logo so they don't know what it's actually what that is spelled, what that's supposed to say. Like that? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Do you know what that, that actually says? L8. Yes. And okay. Yeah. L81. <laughs> but it's supposed to say A late one. Well, the story, I mean, the entire story behind L8 is that it was created by somebody's crazy uncle. 
I mean, if it, you, the, the bottles used to have the story on it, and it literally said, our eccentric uncle, which is a nice way to say we never put him in an asylum. But we didn't <laughs> leave him alone too often. And, and what it really should say is, hey, we stole ginger ale from Canada Dry and made it shitty. It's No, it's not just ginger ale. It's got citrus in it, too. I don't know if y'all know what I've also, I've also <laughs> seen what you've drank before, sir. You do not get to sit on a high horse. Listen, on listen. I, I feel like it's showers or how he put his way through college. Ben. I feel like it's the kind of thing that the 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 dad in Barbarian drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. I mean, honestly, as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I'd have it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that character would get elected for political office in this country right now. <laughs> I'm not being political. Somebody would vote for him. Somebody would be like, that's the type of guy I could have a beer with. Real quick. Have we all seen Barbarian? Yeah. I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I liked it, but is it not slightly overrated? No, I underrated. The it's, fact, the, it's great. I it's great. love the fact. Here's why, Joe, I, just, I think it works. I, I, it does work, but no, no, I, here's, here's the way, blowing, though, I think I just, it works. It's not that great. No, here's why the reason I think so many people think it's great, though. I read the description. Two people show up at an Airbnb at the same time. Yeah. That's the description. And then I watched the movie, and that's the first 15 minutes of the film. And I was like, well, I don't know where we're going. Let's go. Well, yeah, this no, is I the thing. And I, I said this no in, our, in our reaction video. Like, I just think it's such a very multi-layered movie. And, and I likened it to Jeepers Creepers in the way it builds upon itself. Like, it starts off as one story. And by the time you get to the end, you've had about three or four stories. And like, I, I think having the cinema experience with an audience that's reacting to it made all the difference in the world. I bet it did because I watched it alone late at night. Yes, I, yeah, I, okay. well, I watched it alone late at night too. It didn't. I, I, I don't think. I don't think it's over. I like I said, I had no idea where that movie was going. When, yeah, when I, had, I didn't know anything about it going into it. Neither did I. Mm. No Which, frame of reference. Uh, but I, I think that's you, why it works. Someone, yeah, as someone who 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 has been trying to use uh, Airbnb lately the nightmare scenario is not two people being booked in at the same time the nightmare scenario <laughs> is two weeks out of your event that you're traveling to and all the prices of the the last few remaining airbnbs have shot through the roof and then your host cancels on you that's the nightmare and all that you've got nowhere to stay there oh, we'll we'll uh, let you book a place of equal or lesser value and you're like they do not exist well, wait the sequel just wrote itself yeah <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> so this is what well, I by think. By the way, what, the, can I, real quick, going back to Barbarian, real quick, Joe, I just want to say my favorite review I've read about it literally just said this movie is basically about two whiny babies that book the same Airbnb, and it only works as a joke if you know how the movie ends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think what it is is I kept waiting for another layer. So the the creature, the barbarian, whatever is is the big bad. And I'm sorry if you're probably turned it off. You haven't seen Barbarian. Go watch it. It's really good. I'm not saying there's just I I think I kept waiting for more because he has that line. The homeless guy has that line. There are worse things in there than her. And I was like, oh my god, that's where the twist is going to be. Because to me, it was like, oh yeah, it's a twist, but it's not that big of a twist. I don't know. I love maybe that's the sequel. Maybe maybe that's the sequel. Maybe there's there's more down there. I it's hope so. You know, it's like uh, it's like Black Phone, where there's the you know the the house, the tunnel connects to the other house across the street or whatever it is. You don't know where else they, that those tunnels go, yeah. And what else is down there? That's just the mum. And hasn't she had like like that Airbnb's had a lot of guests? Like where are they? Had a lot and of that guests. That was the entire thing. Is, yeah. And there's even that line: you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. So how many 
moms or offspring yeah. are down there somewhere. Um, by the way, though, speaking of, of, of Black Phone and, and Barbarian, and I'll add to it, I don't know if And I, I really love global. Black Phone. I yes, don't know yes, if yes. it's global or not, but my, my wife uh, convinced me to watch the Netflix series The Watcher, which is based on a true story. And I actually knew about that case. I don't know if anybody's watched The Watcher besides no, me. Not yet, but it's on my list. Okay, well, uh, without giving too much away, there's, you know, one of the things is they do find, oh, there's an old alcohol smuggling tunnel under the house from Prohibition, which is if you read the actual story that's based or the actual events that it's based on, which is still technically unsolved, um, it's really interesting. That being said, we are on a real tunnel kick in horror movies right now. <laughs> yeah. It does seem, I mean, Black yeah. Phone, Barbarian, it's like, oh, We've already explored every cave everywhere. We've done the, the descent. What can we do? Let's let's open a couple tunnels. You just I said that. Go ahead, go ahead, Ben. I was just, no, it's the new found footage thing, though. Like it's the it's a super cheap set. Yeah, like, it is. It's just black. You know, miles. Yeah, because as as Ben just referenced, there's a new Aussie horror film called Girl in the Window, which is directed by Mark Hartley, the guy that made that not quite Hollywood documentary and mm -hmm. and a few others. And it's it's a new horror film, and that's tunnel based as well. He's got under lots house. of tunnels under there as well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yep, you're right, Ben. I, it's it's cheap sets. I don't know why, but it just I don't know why that didn't occur to me. But you're right; it's just cheap sets. Yeah. It's good life. Like, like I know when you you know when you when you're pitching your uh, your script these days, it's they want limited locations because they want to do it on, you know, that's that Blumhouse model, right? Like five million and under. Yeah. So you know you can't you well, can't set. It. And when yeah. these movies went into production, it would have been COVID related, right? So let's keep this as you know mm. small as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because um, it, it falls into the same line as Black Phone and Barbarian. Uh, by the way, I want to point out like a. Uh, I've I have been on a a great run of, because I've had RSV and I couldn't breathe and I've literally been just kind of sticking around the house not doing much. I've watched. Shouldn't go for any run. Shouldn't go for any run. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> that was you bastard. You made me cough. Oh yeah, that's us and not the oh, disease that you got. There you go. Um, <laughs> you there? No, um, <laughs> Why I was on to have some of this and put some hair on your chest. Yeah, I've been on a I'm, this past week alone. I've been on a steady stream of of movies that I refuse to see, know anything about, and love. Two of them was Barbarian and Black Phone. The other one is also a cave movie, uh, Crimes of the Future. That was a great film. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, oh, I haven't I, watched that I, yet. I loved I it. Either. I did. Um, it's it's go, you're go. It's back Cronenberg being back to where he was. It's also it's also bizarre and and it's just great. And then the fourth one was Frankenhooker, by the way. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Has anyone watched um, Terrified 2? No. no. So the funny story about that, I interviewed uh, for uh, Scarefest. I did the panel for David Thornton Howard, who plays um, Art the Clown. That was a few and, years ago, right? Yeah, and I never bothered to actually watch Terrifier. And then all this stuff started blowing up about Terrifier 2, and I finally watched Terrifier. And I was like, oh, the, the clown, it works. Even cheaply, wait, it works. Wait How do I two, feel about like, the fact that I just yeah. I was just handling the microphone for that interview and I watched that movie before? <laughs> oh, did you watch it yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I usually do try to watch something in a wear, but for that one, I didn't. And the audience was pretty much did a good job with that. Oh, yeah, no, they answered think, all the yeah, well, questions. I think Terrified 2 really, really does great things with the character. Like, they they know what the character is now. 
Can I get, okay, be good. honest? Is the, is this all bullshit? Oh, people are getting past. It's is it really that gory? It's marketing. It's marketing. It is that okay. gory, but it's but it's also just a good. No, no, look, I, I mean, we're, I we're, we're five I horror it. geeks here. Is it standard gore? No, it, no, it's extreme. It's extreme. Okay, it's extreme, but it's not none of it's. It's you know it, the same it's thing silly. happened with centipede. Yeah, they're like storming out. I mean, like I'm sure they, I'm sure there are, but that's one movie I haven't seen yet. Oh no, I have a couple of million. Been released all three. (laughs) Well, I've actually seen two and a half. I actually, I don't think I ever actually watched the third one. That's the one where they're in prison, right? The Human Centipede three. Yeah, I don't think I actually bothered to watch that. It's got a great nut scene. (laughs) So I just got a mental image of the way you said that's where they're in prison, right? Like. They finally escape. They're in a getaway car. They get pulled over, and they're like, "Ah, oh, now you got to go to prison." It's like, "Oh, we just can't catch a break." That would be a movie. Oh, we escaped. None, the none of the none escaped. of none of those movies are connected like actual storylines. It's, it's like an yeah. anthology sort of series. Yeah. Oh, well, no. Number two is connected to number one. Yeah, but it's outside of number one. Like it's a meta. It's, yeah, so it's, it's a meta it's a, yeah. movie. Like yeah. Blair yeah. Witch Two being meta. It's about the other watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, another controversial film that we talked about that I don't, and I'm if I missed it, I'm sorry. The monsters. No, we no, we haven't that. got it yet. We haven't got it yet. Like, and that says a lot. Like, because usually we get stuff on Netflix at the same time when it's Netflix exclusive, and this one they haven't bothered to drop down here. <laughs> I'm not not That's in crazy. any rush to see it. Oh well, God, no, yeah. it's. It's almost unwatchable, but watchable all at the same time. It's hard to describe. Yeah, I yeah. was I was ready to throw in the towel for that movie because I, I I am a true fan of the monsters. It's actually I I watched that before I watched the Adams Family. I'm a huge fan of both though, but I grew up watching the monsters. That was my show, so I was legit. Even though I'm I'm not I'm not a big a fan as Rob Zombie as these two guys are. I'm just I I can't <clears throat> really get into a lot of his movies, but. I was excited and then I watched it and I got pissed off. I just, I, it was, it, it was a, it was a huge disappointment. The, well, there's, I, like, there's 15 minutes of that movie that I was like, Oh yeah. And then it's the, um, yeah, it didn't. I just don't think you can adapt sitcoms in a sitcom way. You kind of got to be different like the Brady Bunch movie, yeah. or, you know, Adam's family itself. The, the, the yeah. You kind of got to do something a bit different with it. You can't just sort of replicate what you love. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I have no interest. It's, well, you gotta try it out. You gotta try it out. Okay, so I want to turn it on its head. What questions do you all have for us? What's some bullshit that you've always wanted to ask us? Is there any? Uh, what's your favorite trauma movie, Joe? I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I trauma falls under the same category as a lot of John Waters films. Although I do have a favorite John Waters film, as I love John Waters, but okay. I'm not a huge fan of the art. I bet. I'm a huge fan of the movie. Stuck on you. It's a good one. They're the early trauma films. I need the, to the check that one out. The nudie cuties. When he made he made the sex comedies before he figured out that gross out horror was a uh, was a uh, a more a viable business model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think uh, Chad mentioned on one of your recent shows, or maybe it was even on the panel. Um, Killer condom. Yeah, one. we watched Killer Con. Now, I don't remember you mentioning that, Chad. Did you? Yeah, I mentioned yeah. it on. I mentioned it on the panel. Uh, Killer yeah. Condom is a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank right. you, James, for that that reply. <laughs> watch that together. <laughs> I think I watched that. With you. None of you, you said bless me. I'll point that. Out. I don't <laughs> I remember. I'm... I don't remember watching that with you. I, I really don't. 
Maybe um, we didn't. I, I know yeah. I've seen it. I honestly, well, the, killer that con- the killer condom is the only one that I haven't actually been able to find. I've never been able to see it. Oh, really? It's an acquisition yeah. one. Now, now yeah. why wasn't that one? Um, why why did that never cross over with um, the uh, Ron Jeremy horror movie One Eyed Monster? That would have been a natural crossover. <laughs> now, see, Glenn, I did not know that was an accus- acquisition one because I I thought that was a trauma exclusive because I thought you know I even remember like I mentioned in the panel how I was a huge fan of all those trauma and cans and just how they just ran amok and caused chaos in front of all those you know industry snots. And I remember like early on, it was, it was usually Sergeant Kabuki man, Toxie, and then the killer condom, like walking around cans with trouble. Uh-huh. With, I, well, I they may have, they may have fashioned like a character for it, but it was a, it was a Spanish film. Wasn't it a Mexican film that they oh, acquired? Good. I didn't know that. I think yeah. it's Spanish or Mexican, but um, HR Geiger designed the condom. No mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The I re- got to see it. I got to find a copy of it. The reason I know that is because uh, back in the day, Fangoria did a whole article over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a trauma pile here. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to tell you is, is that I'm not a huge fan of the art, but Lloyd Kaufman was better than he had any right to be to us, actually. We had, we hit it off. Ben spent time with him like um, down here as well. What did yeah, you we think of him, Ben? We... Yeah, he's a lovely guy. He's a, he was a, he was a, a lot of fun. Uh, but he, he kind of... Uh... I don't know what I don't know what it is inside him that makes him go, but he was he was like straight off the plane. He was raring to go yeah. nonstop. He didn't he didn't seem to be interested in taking a break. Like oh I know yeah he was at he was at he was at Scarefest and he could not he never sat down. He was all and I mean he had a small booth and people were lined up and he was literally bouncing around this small booth the whole all weekend long and I couldn't I don't know how he did it. He's what seventy six years old now. I felt for his handler. I felt for his hand. I literally did because literally just keeping track of it. If he decided he wanted to go look at something, he's gone. He's gone. He just. Yeah. It's great. So the story is, and I don't know if we told it on the last episode or not, but the guy that owns Comic-Con is a friend of ours at Lexington Comic-Con. It's actually, it's the biggest Comic-Con, kind of the tri-state area. It just happens to be in Lexington. And he pulls me aside and says you doing this lloyd kaufman thing and he said yeah you know he, go, he goes he's, he can be really shitty to interviewers he can go off and i said what and he goes yeah and i was like god damn it well this could be interesting and then i told chad i was like ah because chad will get nervous and i wanted to make it worse i'm sorry but i knew my friend <laughs> so i had jared tell him the same story and chad's all nervous but he was golden to us because chad knew his filmography in and out and Chad- I reckon, yeah, I reckon he can be frustrating to some people because he does like to market, right? So he likes to talk about whatever he's selling, and he will he will commandeer a, com- a, a conversation to to that. And I think that would piss a lot of people that are hosting the panel. Off. Yeah, I, th- I think if 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 we turn that episode into a, a drinking game and everybody said take a shot every time he said hashtag uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare shitstorm, storm. you'd be you'd we we would be on the floor. Or it's a fantastic now. movie. Trauma now yeah. would be another one. Can you imagine? But, we, but you know, the, the other part about that really quick, sorry, Joe, uh, is, um, I mean, he really went into a lot of different stuff though. Cause he talked about Stan Lee some, he talked about, and I think if we had more time, we would have got some more out of it, but yes, no, he yeah. does definitely. He definitely is talking about what's next. It's always what's yes. next. He doesn't dwell yeah. too much in the past. 
but he was just a mensch to us and like i said we ended up he was he was nice enough he goes you know shakespeare shitstorm is going to premiere over here i want you to come over and actually introduce us and they hung out with i mean we just had a good time with him so it went really well i just he invited chad up to up to the up to see him have dinner yeah i'm trauma. going yeah. i'm going do it that's all do there is it. to it we just yeah, don't I mean, know when we're going to be able to do it I will find a, a funny, way. A funny story, like, because wherever he goes, right, he likes to um, wrangle in some local talent to be Toxie or to be a Tromet or something like that. And when he was in Melbourne, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, he had a guy down here called Dick Dale as Toxie. <laughs> now, this is the smallest little guy you can imagine wearing this massive rubber <laughs> Toxie head. That's a hilarious vision. I was going to say, that it's funny that you I literally just got a text from Dick. Just then. <laughs> He's made a new movie called Rib Spreader. It's very trauma. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they, it's, they, um, go ahead. Well, we're playing it at Monster Fest. It's we're, we're playing it at Monster Fest. It just had its premiere at the Adelaide Fringe Festival, but it um, it's about this. It's a ex like he's a smoking. He's a cigarette company like mascot kind of lobbyist type guy whose mother dies of uh, lung cancer. So then he kind of it flips a switch and he becomes rib spreader who goes around just killing smokers uh that's the kind of, that's the the broad awesome. the broad plot line but it is it like yeah <laughs> labor of love yeah Which, i mean it's taken him it's, it's he's been talking about it for about 10 years yeah and uh, any visit he, he did the kind of the classic kind of the con guest so if, if somebody came down for a convention he's like hey why don't you come to adelaide for a couple of days and be in my movie <laughs> Lawrence R. Harvey from Human Centipede's yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that my old boss, Neil Foley, is in it? And is Lloyd Kaufman in it? I think Lloyd is in it as well, yeah. Yeah, there you go. He, from, yeah, he shot some stuff. Hey, he just can he I, just turned yeah, up to yeah, Melbourne with the camera and said, let's just shoot this, shoot a scene. And I'll, I'll edit it in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> can I mention, um, just yeah. quickly while we're talking trauma, there's something they acquired a few years ago that was never a trauma film, but it terrified the shit out of me as a kid that, the cover on video alone. Does anyone remember this? Yes, I've always wanted to see yes, that. But I've never seen the movie. It had the it's same a fantastic cover. movie. It had the same cover. You know how you know well, you all know this better than anyone, but where we will have different art than you all will have it. And but that they had the same one. It was at the yeah. video You're absolutely right. I've never seen that. I've actually I've all, seen yeah, that oh that always terrified me at the video store and I was afraid to yeah. rent it. See, it it's always on reminded YouTube. me of my grandfather. It's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about my family. But oh. the movie's Blackout. Good yeah. things. And Kathleen Quinlan, I think, is in it. It's, um, who was it? I can't remember who the killer was. But it's, it's really, I think so. Is it Kathleen? Let me look at it. I've had a bit of reason. Kathleen Quinlan. Yeah, I can't read the lifeguard. cover. Why have you never had a crush on me? Yeah, Kathleen Quinlan. Richard uh, Widmark, Keith Carradine, and Michael Beck. Wow. Michael Beck, Swan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Troma Michael. now picked this one up, but um, I'm sure it's on YouTube for free, if not Troma now. <laughs> Troma I've now. The, I've got the tape somewhere. I've got the tape. <laughs> but I'm curious. <laughs> so we have, one, we have two of the Tromets, uh, both of them that were there are going to be on the show. The one's already booked. We, we're going to be recording, I think, this coming Tuesday. And then the other one, I'm just waiting. It's a long story. But I'm going back and forth with her schedule. But I'm curious to I'm Hang on, I, the schedule in inverted air quotes there for a second. 
And then he said, I'm curious. And he did this. Like, no. <laughs> they do the second part. But I am curious as to what you think they're going to have to say. Yeah. Tromets <laughs> are usually just geographical. They are just like whatever town he's in. If I mean, he's got big boobs, come on and be a Tromet. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm sure, they, I'm sure they've, they've got fascinating life stories. I will say, by That's the way. That's what ben, I'm hoping for, guys. <laughs> ben, ben said a term this week. Uh, or last week, I can't remember, but I I almost fell on the ground laughing. I fell on the ground laughing. Trauma trauma gyno. That's what they yeah. That's what that's what Lloyd calls them. Gynos. Seriously, gynos. I didn't know. I was I was like going. I was I was sitting here laughing as you said trauma gyno. I thought that was something you came up with. I'm like that. Oh, I I wish no. It's all in the um. It's all in the the make your own damn movie books that's uh yeah what Lloyd talks about it in in that as the the gyners and you're like that's what a <laughs> what a fantastic term <laughs> fascinating world that we live in where <laughs> nobody has ever thought about canceling lloyd kaufman no he won't be canceled i asked him that on yeah. my interview with him i said in today's world like you're doing what you do and you're doing it safely and you're not getting canceled he goes because my fans won't cancel me he goes other people can try but we've got such a rusted on brand of fan that they don't cancel me and I can do whatever the fuck I want. They protect me. That's all. And it, I don't know. Uh, he said something at the, at the, the interview that kind of shocked me that he said that this Latinx movie is going to probably be Shakespeare's Shitstorm. It's probably going to be his last film. That he oh, directs. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. He said well, he, he, he did mention he had some vertigo issues. And so I wondered if there was a little bit of a, Health yeah, not issue. everybody likes Hitchcock. I mean, that's just his thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Listen, what, what a film not, geek joke! If it's not Marnie or Rope, who cares? Who gives a? I think, to be honest, if it was if it was Lloyd, I would have thought Rear Window would have been more his. <laughs> 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 the best he time. likes he likes obviously with Tromets, he likes the birds, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. There you go. There you go. I'm I'm gonna laugh when he said if we ever talk to him again he says oh my favorite Hitchcock film is Lifeboat. <laughs> it's good. It's good. God, I love Lifeboat. Yeah, but it's no Life Force. Yeah. Uh, life Force, Matilda May. Why did you do that to me, Glenn? Space vampires. Have you guys ever read that book? I've got the hardcover first edition, sir. I have. I for years I had a broken down chair and I had the. Uh, the, the paperback held up the one side of it and i finally read it <laughs> and it is what did god, you sit in while you read it it was god awful it is terrible the movie's better it's a good support book i've got it That's here somewhere That's one of the, there's only two or three of those <laughs> where i've go oh no the movie's better it's that one and another one is a uh speaking of Sh sean connery and lawrence fishburne does anybody remember just cause yeah. yeah, I read the it's book Michael for Crichton? just because. No, it's not written by. I don't think it's Michael Crichton, but I remember it, and it's it's a terrible book. The movie's much better. Was that Rising yeah. Sun? That was that's Rising, Rising Sun, Sun with yeah. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's I right. actually read that book. Yeah, I was going to say, how can you how can you capture in words the joy that is uh, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa singing karaoke at the start of that film, like singing like <laughs> country and western karaoke be captured in the book doesn't he doesn't he do that doesn't he do that again in that um sky sharks 
Uh, he's he's a cowboy in Sky Sharks. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> you fuckers leave me in the dust on Hold his. I have no now, idea. I am now, ID. Joe, I am. I am looking think? up Sky Sharks because I've never. Oh, ben did the best interview. I reckon that we've done on our show. One of the best interviews was him with this. Was it Gary Fahisi? Is that his name? Mark um, Mark, 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 Mark Fahisi, um, who directed Sky Sharks. It's 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 fantastic, and his interview with Ben is just hilarious. I have to go back. Ben, I asked Glenn this a question but what's that is an amazing poster for sky sharks i'll tell you that (laughs) look at the cast look at the cast oh i'm looking at it yeah thomas morris uh tony todd i mean it's he told me he cast it 100 percent out of conventions like anyone who came to germany for a convention he he was like well okay he he met them at the convention got the autograph and said hey if next when you're in town next year let's there's naomi grossman and they turn it up yeah and and he it's did because it's yeah. all green screen, so but it's legitimately yeah. good. It's very good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll check it out. So Nick Garris but, is in there. Oh really? Cool. Hmm. Shit, really? I got to look at the whole cast. Anyway, go on. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to ask Ben. I know it's a cliche question, but I get it, and we get it sometimes. Who's who's some of the your favorite interviews? Well, I I don't do many. In fact, I try and avoid them at all <laughs> at all cost. I love it when you join me on interviews, though. That's always fun. That's look. Admittedly, I'm a lot better at spoiling, spoiling interviews <laughs> than I am at uh, crafting them. <laughs> well, all right. Well, some who were some of the folks you've really because of your work and the show and Good Movie Monday. Who were some of the ones that's like I, man, te- because I think it was a little bit for me, but it was a lot for Chad the other night. I was like, you know, hey, we just hung out with, with Lloyd Kaufman all night. And well, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and we'll ben never has get done that. A, and yeah. we'll never ben get has that. Been back. an escort for a lot of these people when they come to Monster Fest, so right. you've hung so, out with plenty, mate. That's now, yeah, like saying, when you say some... escort, are we using the American <laughs> definition of that? Or <laughs> yeah. sorry, I wish. Like, I mean, I did get to. I had. I I did get to have dinner with Cassandra Peterson yeah. when we awesome. were at Monster Fest, and she was absolutely amazing. Uh, also, like, I mean, she's batshit crazy, but uh, Lorene Landon is a hell of a lot of fun like she but she is i've never and i've never seen anyone fall over as much and bang into things as much as her the fact that she uh is still living is a shock <laughs> how accident <laughs> Have tell us about is. tell but us about she is, um she's delightful tell us about linda blair i'm sure she's fun Linda Blair, Linda Blair is quite possibly the worst person in the world. <laughs> no, that doesn't shock me. I think I've heard those things before. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me do it this way. Repossessed Linda Blair? <laughs> <laughs> That's for three people. Look, as a look, as a a, a patron's point of view, I, for that particular festival that she was at, I, I had nothing to do with this festival. And I was just an audience member. And she promised a Q&A before The Exorcist. Um, and she came on for like what forty-five minutes, and only she refused to talk about the Exorcist, and would only talk about her charity of saving pets or whatever it is. Invent, so yeah. people that people that paid good money to come and watch her and listen to her talk about the Exorcist, she gave them nothing. Can I, can, uh, Joe? I don't mean to spoil this because I know I believe this is your story, but don't you have a story, Joe, about somebody that was supposed to do an introduction to a movie that they they were in with a certain Harry Dean Stanton, and they came on and said, "I stole these boots from Harry Dean Stanton," and pretty much left the stage. Am I remembering that right? Who are you talking about? Okay, maybe it wasn't you. One of the people that opened for when when Kentu- the Kentucky used to do. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the, you. 
you know, I don't do, do Harry Dean well, stay? We okay. got our we you and I got our introduction stole away from us from we had Barry Boswick was we were going to introduce Barry Boswick before okay, Rocky it wasn't Horror you that told me this story. I can't remember. I have other stories about shit going wrong. And no, no, I, I can't remember. No, this I wasn't feel... us. This was yeah. one. It was somebody that was attending an event. I thought it was you, so it must have been Harry Dean Stanton, the Kentucky does the Harry Dean Stanton Fest because Harry Dean Stanton's from Kentucky, and the Kentucky Theater used to do a Harry Dean Stanton, and they would bring in other celebrities that Harry Dean Stanton worked with. They brought in Chris Christopherson, we saw him live. And I forget who they brought in, and everybody's like, oh, that's really cool that he's going to be here, and and I'm forgetting the actor, so the story doesn't make much sense, but he literally, the story was, the people I knew that went, I thought it was Joe, I'm sorry, Joe. No, it wasn't Literally, he came out on stage, whoever the guest was, a bright red old school cowboy boots and he looked down and he said i stole these boots from harry dean stanton and i didn't tell him and then he left the stage <laughs> so these people had paid all this money for this and then they played the movie that was it that's all he did i love he, the I fact that i love the fact that you started that story with the punchline then told the story to get to the punchline. <laughs> well, because i thought i thought it was joe that told me that oh. story and now because i don't remember who it was but i was 99 percent <laughs> sure it was you joe so now somebody it'll probably end up being our friend andy will literally just message me one day being like no it was blah 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 and oh it was my so story. you have one you have one listener too oh good yeah yeah it's, it's well it's, uh, he tunes in and out we'll see yeah. andy if you listen to this please tag joe in actually i think i thought i thought james was with me now that he's telling the story i was like no andy no. was with me when i saw chris christopherson and he he really he uh it was pat garrett and billy the kid he introduced it before actually uh but ben so uh, you love linda blair <laughs> yes big fan what's your what, what uh, did she did you got you got one story you can tell about how awesome she was Look, I, I can't really because she was actually, I didn't have that much to do with her. It was just uh, my co-workers who, who I, I had, I didn't do any of the shepherding around. She was too big for me. Mm-hmm. She's a, she uh, it was festival director and above <laughs> were the only people that were kind of, uh, that had anything to do with her. Uh, and so I'm only really going, it's all hearsay. I, I can't yeah, really. I'm telling that, I'm telling that from a patron's perspective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did look. I, I will say that even in that Q&A, that Q&A was supposed to start at, I can't remember, like 8 o'clock. It didn't start till 8.30 because she was in the 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 green room with one of the, at, I think at that fit, we had we had a pre, like a premium ticket price where you could, there was a bit of a meet and greet with Linda prior mm-hmm. to the, yeah. the screening. And it went well over. Like she met with this one guy and she just, she was like, I think I must have known you in a previous life. And then cornered this guy who loved it absolutely loved it yeah he got his money's worth <laughs> just talking about her previous lives yeah. and how they how they knew each other and and what this guy did in a previous life and he's like well oh, it was great meanwhile there's a couple of hundred of us in the cinema <laughs> yeah and he i mean he was he was <laughs> he was like you know he, i i bought linda a 500 hundred dollar watch as a present and he was Ooh. he was one of those he was one of those kind of oh it's the know. guy that falls in love with the stripper yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I, I do i do got a question for ben um because and so you glenn again you all have jobs that we wish we could have you know so uh, but with ben your work with umbrella in entertainment where you're compiling these special editions of movies and working on getting all the content for them, that's got to be an amazing job. Uh, yeah, look, look, it, 
Oh, well, the reality I'm of interested the- in your response because I was like, it would be amazing, except you have to find all the stuff, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, you got to find through closets, and you, and you, you know, you do it on the on the smell of a of an oily rag, usually for the budget and and stuff like that. And I mean, look at it. Yes and no. At the end of the day, it's essentially it's it's an admin job. Right. Like I'm coordinating those <clears> things. I'm trying to find the people to do the thing. I, the, doing the artwork and stuff like that. That's the fun part. It's the part I really enjoy is commissioning the artwork, especially when it all comes together and it, and it looks great. Um, but the, I mean, like sometimes it could be, sometimes it can be, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's very stressful trying to figure out and get in contact with people. And then, you know, especially because we're in Australia, so yeah. none of the people for the most part are are here so it's not only are you trying to find you know like when uh, the first the first thing i ever organized was a was the commentary for for elvira mm-hmm. mistress of the dark and i contacted cassandra via <laughs> her contact email on imdb pro and it was <laughs> random to her agent yeah. or whatever and and then it was it was like you know, first she, she replied and she's like, yes, I'd, I'd love to do the commentary just, uh, you know, and I, she was like, find, find somewhere for me to do it. And I was like, oh, how the hell do I find a recording studio in Los Angeles? And I don't like, I, I'm not even familiar with the geography. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, you know, I can't pick somewhere that, that's, you know, literally on the other side of the city. <laughs> from where she is. Like, how do you how do you find these things? And luckily, she she saved my bacon. She was like, you know what? I'll organize it. I'll get Edie McClurg and John Paragon in. We'll do the commentary, but I'll own it, and you just license it from me. Save my because I had no idea how to do any of that stuff. Like I was just <laughs> learning by doing. What uh, a what a you know. what a wrangled cast for commentary that is. And it's oh. a great it's a great commentary too. Like it, well, it really. Go ahead. It really uh, it really worked out well, and it's 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 on the arrow. Like that commentary now has gone around the world because it's on the Arrow, mm-hmm. uh, Blu-ray, and all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, and I, I, I think like I, I gave that the guy because that the story of that Arrow special edition too was is this guy in Germany, uh, Sven, who unfortunately has passed away, but he he was organizing it for a German release, and he had he had he got got his own. He wasn't happy with the scan, the HD scan that they had. So he went and with his own money, spent like 15 grand doing a restoration of the print. He did this, he did this massive documentary on it where he got everyone. The only person he had trouble getting was Cassandra because because of the way it worked in Germany, his company had sub-licensed it from someone else. Yeah. And so she was, she just thought he was a pirate because that wasn't mm. the name of the company that was supposed to be releasing the film in Germany. And so that was the big kind of thing. And so, I, you know, I, I helped him out with that. And, but then before he could release it, he passed away and his boss just sold everything on to Arrow and Arrow got all of the stuff, all of his work. Um, oh, <clears throat> well, Ben's pretty, pretty modest. Like he, everything that he's involved with that comes out through Umbrella is pretty much an incredible product. Like what's, what's, what are you say. most proud of? What are you most proud of? Uh, well, f- I got, if it happens, that Burt Reynolds box set, yeah, funnily enough, would be the thing that I'm most proud of. Because like isn't know, that already on your site though for for pre order? Yeah, it, it's it's up for it's up for pre order. There's 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 uh there's there's been a bit of a delay with it. Yeah. Um, we're just working through at the moment, which is why it's because uh, it, we 
it sold incredibly well when we first announced it in, on the pre-order and it's now out of stock. But once we sort out all of those issues, um, it, it will hopefully be ready to go very, very soon. Um, but that, like just the whole, the, the package of that is great. The Sons of Steel, Sons of Steel turned out turned out really well. Oh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen Ghoulies, that movie, it's great. The Ghoulies 1 and 2 that we put together. Um, that was recent, yeah. Uh, with all of the kind of, you know, bunch of podcasts and the alternate TV cuts. But all of that stuff, I can't really take credit for any of it because all I did was I found the kind of, you know, the guy who ran the Ghoulies fan site and he was like, I've got this and I've got this and do you want this and I've got this. And I was like, yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, but still, you have that outlet to release that out to a large audience who would never get to see it. Just like that, that the viral Elvira commentary. I mean, that is history that we would not have been able to find if you hadn't got it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that, that I just feel like that's got to be an awesome feeling. That would be something that I would go to like be proud of every day. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, sil- yeah. the silver lining. The silver lining. Yeah. yeah. I have yeah. one question. Who has and does run a Ghoulies fan site? <laughs> Don't get They're me wrong. Rivals, rivals of the Munchie fan site. Don't get me wrong. I like Ghoulies 2 as much as the next person and will stand on a hill saying it's the best Ghoulies film because it has Royal Dano, one of the best character actors of all time. Oh, God. And what's his name? Oh, my God. Creeps. Uh not of the creeps no the creeps the one where all the the, the, oh, the small the person yeah uh i can't remember his name also royal dano oh. is in house two another another just are you, wonderful talking, Chad, class. Are you oh. talking about the the midget from um from bordello of blood yes yeah uh phil fondagaro yes one of my phil favorite ben, ben, ben loves him i love, I love phil fondagaro i yeah that, well that was the guy who the guy who ran the the ghoulies fan club and who he actually has a book he had, had a, he had a book that was ready to go i don't know if it ever actually got published but uh, his name is graham lenev painter he is a lovely guy and both he and he had this other guy um paul ashford in the uk they're both uk based and they had a podcast called ghoulies unflushed which in every episode <laughs> they they tracked down like all the original cast and interviewed them they tracked down people who worked on the sets and all sorts of like the more information about the ghoulies than you ever thought anyone would be able to assemble in one place at one time. But like that's truly, funny. and that's where, that's where it's at really. It's those fans. Like I've got these, I've got these friends who live in Perth, which um, just as a bit, Perth is approximately four, four or five hours by plane from Melbourne. Oh, like man. it's the other yeah. side of the country. It's like coast to coast in the US. Yeah. Who who has a like he's part of a, a fan group for the for the film King Frat. Have you ever heard of King Frat? <laughs> no. It's like a, I, I mean, if he ever hears this, he'd be very upset that I've referred to it as an Animal House knockoff. But that's <laughs> a, that's, that's essentially what it is, and it is. I mean, it's amazing. It's a great film, but. I, 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 you know, I'd be surprised if there's a thousand people on the planet that have heard of the film, <laughs> and yet there is a rabid, small but rabid fan community, all based around King Frat. Well, that's King- like my 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 small community of um Shacky Tours, mate, the Caddyshack Two fan club. <laughs> <laughs> And by the but way, I like Caddyshack. I like Caddyshack too. This is one 
we my all people. agree on this one. We all we agree all... on this one. I think we talked yeah, about people. this last time. We actually, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, different. I mean, different. I mean, different to write a movie about it. But but you about all are talking a about movie about making Caddyshack too. It's called Caddyshack Two Part Two, and it's all about the Shacky tours on a road trip pilgrimage to <laughs> Chevy Chase's mansion to um to talk him into making a third one. I would watch that movie. That's like I, a bad I, I boy. No, I'd, well, I would. You, you sold a ticket. I'll be there. Um, but y'all, by the way, y'all <laughs> mentioned uh, ghoulies and munchies, and I, I must admit, why is nobody talking more about the epic Rick Sloan film Hobgoblins? I just have oh. to mention Rick Sloan's <laughs> Hobgoblins. Why would you not talk about Hobgoblins? I reached out to him recently, and he's been through some troubles because I think yes. he's looking after his mum. I think who's died, or yeah, he and, might and be I, sick himself. Yeah, he's I, like, I know like he was Ed in Gain, he's kept her in the he's kept <laughs> in, in the lounge room. <laughs> and I said, I said, would Do you it. come on the show? Like we'd love to talk about you. And he goes, I'd absolutely love to come on the show. I've got uh, one proviso, and I'm like, yeah, name it. And he goes, we don't talk about Hobgoblins, and I'm like. Why? Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but he just did. I mean, not just, but in 2009, he was all excited because he made Hobgoblins too. I know. I know. Um, so, I mean, Mystery Science Theater 3000 mocked Hobgoblins. It found a new audience. And I'll be honest, of all the movies they've mocked, it is one of the better ones. Well, Alien from LA is the best one. Um, but I, I, so he'll talk about it. Why, Why is she doing that voice? Uh, by, by the way, Joe and Chad, I know y'all might not know Rick Sloan, so let me. So what you're telling me though is when he said he would do your show, but he went talk about Hobgoblins, he was okay talking about Vice Academy One, Vice Academy Two, <laughs> Vice Academy Three, All Vice Academy movies. Four, Vice <laughs> Academy Five, and Vice Academy Six. But Hobgoblins is up now. Is Hobgoblins too off the table? I have questions, Glenn. I just have questions. <laughs> yeah, I took it as to mean I'm just not well enough, so I just left it yep. alone. I didn't know how sick he was. Yeah, I don't. But think I love that's I it. love Hobgoblins. <laughs> I love Hobgoblins. Mate. That's it's a fun it's movie. A, you know, that's way, it. I, Even without the MST3K, it's a fun movie. It's not it's not Shakespeare, but it is I what it is. You know what you're I, getting. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it for Shakespeare. By the Do way, James, I'll, I'll like... call I'll call your um, uh, hobgoblins and raise you brain damage. I do have brain damage. <laughs> you're not supposed to talk about it on the air. We have a non. I don't think you're allowed to call it that anymore. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to call it that anymore, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you suffer from a case of the dumbest. <laughs> By the way, Rick Sloan does have the best quote about what type of movies he makes. So, if you've ever heard his quote, I always wanted to make movies that I enjoyed while I was a teenager. I think yeah. he accomplished it. Is it. Yeah, absolutely. Context is everything when you watch a movie. But I do want to ask you guys: Yeah, do please. You, you like that whole the the mystery science theater shtick? I, I love hate it. it. I love <laughs> it. I can't stand it. I just I find either. it offensive. it's disrespectful. I, I think yeah. I think I don't reason, think it's disrespectful. I think the reason I love it, and, and let me give you an example: the worst movie they've ever mocked. Joe, you want to say the title? Manos, the hands of the fate. hands of fate. Manos, the hands of fate. So, Manos, the hands of fate is the reason why I think MST3K and other shows like the and Rift Tracks, the, the the ones where the cast has went on and did other things. I think it's important because. Manos would have rotted until there was no film cell left of it. It's not a great movie, but because the fans saw it and went, well, we've got to track this down. We've got to, there's been a friend of mine, actually, he knew how much I loved that. Ep 
episode, a friend from college, he sent me the Blu-ray digitally restored. I mean, this thing <clears> looks <throat> better than some it, prints of Citizen Kane. Yeah. And, and so I think there's something to that. And I think, I think part of it's also interesting because, and maybe this is more to do with American audiences, is that some of this stuff would have been lost. I mean, we just didn't care. We didn't. That's and a really so, good point. That's a really good point. But like, my, yeah. my, I don't like, I mean, and this, what, this is what makes me a really bad film critic, right? Because I don't like people that professionally trash other people for doing stuff. Like if you create something and put it out there, like that needs to be commended and you right. need to find the positive before you find the negative. And I don't like this idea of just ripping a film to shreds that, you know, hundreds of people have put everything into. Um, yes, there's value in it being you know having a revival or whatever resurgence but yeah i get offended by their opinions i I think except that it's the monsters i think one of the things too though is if you look at um and and frank conniff wrote a book uh 30 films i learned nothing from about and and frank conniff is known as tv's frank but actually it was if you kind of read the garage beginnings of it his he got hired originally he, he struggled with alcoholism because he would watch all the films and pick the ones that they would do. And I think it's what's really interesting. One of the things he talks about in the book is he goes, we didn't hate the movies. He said, you couldn't mock what you hate because we mm. had to watch them over and over and over yeah. to get the timing right, to do things like that. And that was one of the things that made me actually step back and say, and I, I, Joe Hodgson has said this before is he was like, you know, it's not, he said the potential of all of this was there. The budget may not be, the acting may not be, and and so you know, and and matter of fact, actually, Joe Hodgson has said, and I forget, he has said legitimately his favorite film, and he quotes it in the last episode that he did uh, when it was on uh, Comedy Central, but it's I'm blanking on the title, The Circus of, it's not Fu Manchu, but it's something like that, and he goes to everyone else that is a terrible film, but he said I legitimately love it because it tries to be very very smart. It just doesn't have the backing to do it. But if you just read it as a script, it's very life affirming. It's very engaging. It's very so. I I think that's one of the reasons I do like it is that it gives it as a kid, it gave me a reason to watch terrible movies that now when I grow up and watch, and if you catch some of them uncut, you're like, like Hobgoblins, you're like, oh, this legitimately is just fun. And and you can watch it unriffed. I can't speak for Ben. I'll let I'll let him sort of you know, chime in. But I just think I have such an affinity for this bad, trashy cinema. I love it, and it's nostalgic for me that I don't need people to tell me why it sucks because I just I it is what it is for me, and I get offended personally when people talk smack about these things. And so I get yeah, I just I can't watch it. I get squeamish, and I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but you really get offended, actually well, offended. Well, well, kind of. I mean my opinion on offense is it's yours to own right so if i'm offended i just i will turn it off and not watch it it, it goes no further than that right no yeah and, that's, and 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 that's the thing so i am personally offended when they're having these opinions like fuck you like you you're you know to quote one of my own reviews years ago you're pissing on my childhood it's like you know ben's laughing because he knows what i'm talking about um yeah. it's like fuck you and i'll turn it off and i i don't watch that show at all but um i don't know how do you feel about it ben well i mean look i i yeah, look, I, I remember going to see a screen that at the at the Astor Theatre, which is our big rep uh, cinema here in Melbourne. I went to see um, Giant Gila Monster and or is it Attack of the Gila Monster? Whatever that, whatever that, the Gila Monster movie. Yeah, 
And uh, I think there's like Fire Maidens from the Moon. I think that was the other one. Or maybe Robot Monster. I can't remember what the second film was. But I was there in the, in the crowd and they were laughing at the film. And it really started to upset me because I thought, I was like, considering that these guys made this in like, you know, the 60s with zero budget, like these movies are amazing. I, I couldn't figure out how to do half the stuff they've done now with the technology that I have at my fingertips. I couldn't do it. And I was like, and, you know, and the movie, it's the movies, it's like, like, yeah, okay. I guess some bits are kind of corny, but the movies are genuinely entertaining. I thought like, and I could totally get if you were like a 12 year old, when that came out, you would have been like, this movie is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. This is what and I mean when I say that people can't watch movies and apply context. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I, and like, and those riff tracks, I, I find it very similar to, to commentaries sometimes. When you listen to a commentary and you get about 10 minutes in and you're like, I oh, just shut up, I want to watch the movie. And you have to switch the commentary off, which is ironic considering what I do for a living. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, but I, I agree with that, because I, I do think about that in, in a different context. You talked about you can't provide context. And I, I've said this before on, on our show. Literally, the movie that scarred me the most as a child was The Last Unicorn. And I have not watched it as an adult because, quite frankly, I kind of like having that memory yeah. of how freaked out an animated cartoon about a unicorn scarred me as a child. And I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh, okay, I can appreciate the art. And I then you appreciate... masturbate to the three the, to the movie bird. <laughs> no, uh, it is all about the uh, the the skeleton. Uh, but anyway, don't... but I mean, like what I'm talking about is people can't apply context in terms of like time, place, um, restraints and, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, when, when you go see something like the exorcist, if they're doing a, a retro screening, people will always laugh when she pisses on the carpet. Right. That to me is the scariest part of the whole fucking movie, what that implies. And they just can't seem to grab the logic of context there. I don't yeah. see that amazes me. People would laugh at that scene. I mean, that's that's the exact exact opposite emotion that it, it evokes in me when I see that. I hadn't exactly. really thought about people laughing. Yeah, it's the funniest. When in repossessed, it is the funniest scene in the movie where she <laughs> yeah, like a car and rubs it in it. But I guess that's just like where if you're in if you really legitimately love movies, you you get absorbed into what is being projected. Like for example, repossessed, it's a comedy. You're supposed to laugh, but Exorcist is a dark thriller horror film that however I just, if you get absorbed into there you just you're you're literally you're not getting that emotion i can say and it's especially true with horror you watch it so many times that it can be funny and i think of my friend ralph in high school screaming in the middle of the in the middle of like the hallway going please jesus fuck me with the big thing towards his crotch and you it, it it can be watching it the whole beetlejuice line i've seen it 167 times and it keeps getting funnier funnier Every ben, single time is, I see it, there is some ben, humor that, to it. We quoted that line on last night's episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's just true. So I do see where it can get funny. Well, back to I don't have a strong opinion either way. Rift Tracks is all about the movie they're doing. I, yeah. However, I have a really deep, deep love of Starship Troopers, and I did do the I went to when they did the live one, and it was a crowd-funded one, and I enjoyed some of it, but also part of it was like damn, I saw this movie three times in the theater. I loved it so much. So yeah, I do well, kind of say what you're saying. I do understand. You don't take the piss out of that. Like, to me, like, that's just a great movie of its time. Well, like, that, it's, and that movie's a comedy anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean? it's, it's a satire. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's already a satire. It's, it's just RoboCop worked better for that. 
I get it. I will I say, I, I agree with James because I, I like mystery science theater and uh, some riff tracks, but the reason I like them is because they're introducing me to movies that I had never heard of. And it, it really does at some points where I'm not even paying attention to the, 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 the jokes I'm actually watching the movie and it doesn't even make me go, Oh, shut up. I'm just, I'm just involved in the movie and, and well, how in the corniness and, and the, and the, and just everything about those movies. Well, well I was about to say, and one of the things that it did for me was oddly enough, after I saw the episode years ago, um, the beginning of the end with, um, Oh, he attended Minnesota state anyway. Um, but, um, beginning of the end i was reading later on uh brian cranston's autobiography and he mentions he goes you know my, his dad was an actor and he goes he's best known for one scene in beginning of the end where he's supposed to be a military guy on top of the stuff and he goes and he worked for bert i and i knew i li- many immediately started naming off bert i gordon films who i would not know about if it wasn't for Miss, because they constantly go, oh, it's a Bird Eye Gordon film, which means it was made for about $6, which goes back, actually, I think, to your point, Glenn, because if you watch that film and you're above about 10 years old, you'll realize that every special effects of the grasshoppers being giant is because he took a postcard of Chicago and mm-hmm. put a grasshopper in front of it. Yeah, <laughs> And you that. can very much tell it, but I, I actually was watching it with my kids a while back and for my kids they were like oh wow th- th- how did they get a grasshopper that big and i'm like it's a postcard <laughs> it's a postcard. and literally and then they were like oh, oh yeah well, that's really trust cool. you to spoil the illusion for them no no but yeah. they were actually my my eldest is getting really into movies and acting and so and so they're oh that's really inventive and i'm like you know what it is i mean if you don't have the money and i've never had any money so if i did anything it was on the cheap it is really inventive. You should totally do stuff like that. Make stuff. And I think about the people that we look at now, Sam Raimi and all these people that started with these old eight men. Hmm. I think there's yep. still value in that. And Teach so, kids how to make their own stop motion little shorts and they're on the right path. You know, that's, that's movie eat. making right there. <laughs> so ben... That's how that saying goes, I think. <laughs> eat grasshoppers. <laughs> ben, who is one that you haven't got to meet yet? Who's your big fish of someone who's a hero of yours? I, and because I, I asked Glenn about this before, the, uh, the funny thing is, <laughs> it is I know, like it I know be, where he's going. And <laughs> yeah. they've got, they've had him, they've had him. Ben, and you've had him. It would be, it would look, it would be Jim. I. I don't, I don't want to do it. Like Glenn actually asked early on in the show, is like, you know, if I can get Jim Minoski, do you want to do it? And I was like. No, I don't like. I, I just I need we've, him. We've to decided remain, we're not doing that. Yeah, I need him to remain the fantasy figure in my head, not the <laughs> asshole that he probably actually is in that's real life. The, but so the here's thing, the thing, yeah, that's the interview is different than the actual man. So yeah, go, because Chad. yeah, no, because that's the thing. I was the one that set up Wynorski. I went out of my way to contact him, and like I had several conversations with him prior to recording. And he was the nicest man I've ever met. He would, I mean, he was, I was talking to him about his films. He goes, yeah, I, I'm like, I just, I love Swamp Thing too. Boobies. I love boobies. Was that what? Dude, I seriously. I love some tig old bitties. I could go off. I, I, I went on like a 10 minute rant about how much Return to Swamp Thing meant to me as a kid. Cause I watched it on loop and, yeah. and, you know, we talked back and forth. And then as soon as he got on that call, as soon as the record got hit. Yeah, it was he flipped that character on it and all of a sudden he was like, you know, Mr. Dick. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm like, 
And then he, I don't, if I don't, I don't remember the end of it because I was just absolutely devastated by the end. He took of the it. wind out of your sails. Yeah, but didn't he just like hang up and leave? He didn't no, really say. No, he got better. And even and Glenn, we talked about this when you were on the show because you were talking yeah. about he was one of your biggest pains in the asses. And actually, I, you actually said you buttered him up and got some good stuff out of him. I don't know if you remember giving us this as compliment, but you did. And I think he got better as we went along. He just wanted to make jokes about who he fucked. Yeah. as we went along and by the way that's fine with me because we're back what you were talking about all of them according <laughs> to him literally all of them. anytime the, the, there was a lull yeah i fucked her just scream out yeah i fucked her yeah no the uh the uh in return to swamp thing the 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 the, the, the gorgeous now, he didn't oh, no, fuck heather Lockley. no he but the gorgeous not, uh, the gorgeous uh security guard that worked for for the main villain that he was dating her at the time yeah right I'm like, yeah, oh I mean, man! I get that. I get that impression, like the the terrorist from um, <laughs> Demolition High. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was dating, and you know, <clears throat> you know uh, Rainbow Smith and Rocky DeMarco. There's a few of Rocky, these yeah. other, yeah, yeah, that, that they had yeah. relationships with. But I mean, but, that yeah. that kind of says a lot about us when you ask him what you know the pinnacle interview would be, and he says Jim I mean, Look, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't like like I'm I I have a lot of trouble kind of you know fanboying at conventions and stuff i don't like to really go up i went up to like carolyn monroe when i went to son of monster palooza yeah. the last summer states and i got an autograph but usually i don't i don't do it because i i find that i don't really have much to talk about and i hate and that's why i don't like i don't like doing the interviews solo because i find the whole the, the question and answer process just doesn't really fit my personality yeah, right. and this is I why I love it when Ben sits on an interview because I'll do all the handling of the questions, but Ben can interject with, and that's what his purpose is on the show, right? Like I'm scripted, and then yeah. he comes in unscripted and sort of takes us in a direction I wasn't expecting, and that's where the spontaneity yeah, comes in. And the, and what's really good about this, Ben, is for example, you had no intentions of asking that mystery science theater question, and you just popped in your head, you asked it, and we spent 15 damn minutes on that. We does that on the show every week, but it's a real and if you guys think i'm being facetious that's not it at all i'm giving you a compliment it's a real talent because trying to have that conversation i mean there's there's legendary stories about orson welles going please just throw those fucking questions away and let's just have a conversation yeah and it's, that's almost my um my favorite there was that there was a talk show host um the is the english one who uh ram uh, no, no, no. He's he was like he was a host of one of the late night shows in the US, but he was Scottish. I said it first. Fuck all you, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, and he would always tear yeah. up the questions right at the start yeah. of the show, and uh, and you know just you know talk about whatever. And sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't, but it was always entertaining. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And if you could do that, so my favorite episodes of Bonehead. I mean, I've got some that I. Well, actually, I don't really remember them all. They kind of go, come and go. Because back to the original question when I was asking you beforehand, I wanted to say is I don't know how long Bonehead will go. I don't know how long Good Movie Monday will go. I don't know. We could end it tomorrow. We could go for another how many years. But I kind of, maybe. But I kind of want to then go back and give some time and, and then revisit. And And I do love the fact the best part of our show for me, other than hanging out with two at, as assholes, did I freeze again? Yeah, yeah. you did. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect gave me time to go. I <laughs> thought we were going to get a compliment and then nope. 
<laughs> as, as other than hanging out with my friends is that and do the same as my wife and their wives would say too is that y'all do the same shit you do if you're down here in the damn basement but anyway the, is that all the people and all, and james always says all the recorded history right gentlemen yeah well, i mean and we've got some shit out of some people I'm, i mean I'm, that's that's why i love it i mean other people didn't get that's the benefit of of what we of how we, this show not not by choice but by necessity we didn't get the big names we've got like production design mick and and bart bart mixon who does visual effects and and michael moore the prop guy hearing those stories you know uh, but, the michael the, moore interview the be best part was when he told <clears> us that he designed the the bat gremlin for gremlin 2 and put a giant penis on it and that's how he delivered it to to uh but, to uh to Joe Dante. Oh, Joe yeah. Dante would, and they eventually made him take it off. But he just kept it. he, he kept putting penises <laughs> on him. Sorry, Ben. I was gonna say I would love it if you could find the artist who did the penis on the little mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be a great interview. But, but, but I've got to say, got, like we got almost three hours from a storyboard artist, yeah. Peter Von Schally, and that was one of my favorite interviews, and him just yeah. riffing about Picking Mate. up Leonardo DiCaprio, it's not Leonardo, was it Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah, dad? Yeah, Leo, Leo DiCaprio's dad, on. they were close, yeah. Yeah, okay, um, so this is what you guys have over us, right? Because you get long format interviews out of these people. Like, ours are generally just 15, 20 minute pre-recorded interviews that we drop into the show, right? So they're very, very structured because I've got a time frame. Right. You guys can elicit so much more out of them. And I, I love that. Out of what yeah, you and sometimes, sometimes they tell us that they only give, they're only going to give us an hour and they do a hard yeah. out. But then our, there's other ones think, who will say, I can probably do an hour like Pete Von Schale, And then he talked, he goes, oh, holy geez, same, I talked nobody, for three hours. Nobody, I think our my... best one. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I think I our best saying... one, Ben. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, Son I'll of a bitch, Glenn. <laughs> James, James is the guest. He is the guest. Ben and Glenn are the guests. Where well, I, was gonna say, I think our best one, Ben, was when we had Brian Usner on the show. Um, and he said, I'll, I'll only give you. No, I said, look, we'll just do 20 to 15 minutes. And he goes, you'll do however damn long I want you to do. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he gave us a 90 minute interview. Like it was just, yeah. and it was so unscripted and I, that's another one i could never nail down that you finally nailed down you son of a bitch he's great and he he's sang great. for us yeah he yeah. did and I, like i will say that the thing with that mark for interview is i think that original cut went for like 90 minutes yeah we <laughs> had to whittle to, that one down, you had to, you had to it down because i'm just happy to talk especially hey, like that a, you know, that same episode ben we had lloyd kaufman on yeah we did, yeah that's right there's two yeah. interviews on that episode and that you know but like i did the interview with um with Leon about Killing of America from EX Film when he released that on Blu-ray here. And I went back and did it again. I was like, because uh, I, I didn't come, I didn't have any, because I was a good friend with Leon. I was like, I don't need to really prep any questions. I did the interview and then I listened back to it. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't I ask? And so I just said, look, do you reckon we could do it again? <laughs> I did it again. I guess did the second one with that where I and actually had proper questions. Yeah, no, I so that's been some of my favorite part. I mean, just the access and some mm -hmm. of the people. And the other thing is, is we don't have a huge viewership or listeners. And we've had to trade on our basically goodwill and word of mouth. Well, I was about to say, I and mean, COVID, because honestly, COVID that... helped a little, Chad, but I mean, it, I don't know that it, we were getting people before COVID. Well, I know we were. But, but I think also, though, one of the things that, that we've done directly and indirectly is, as Joe was saying, part of it's word of mouth, but part of it is, uh, for instance, one of my favorite interviews that I got set up in the weirdest way 
started because Jeffrey Combs, the actor, posted about, you know, one of the coolest things about doing Star Trek Enterprise was the fact that they made the Andorian antenna move. And it was, and he said, and it was actually done by a puppeteer. And I immediately just saw that. And as a Star Trek nerd went, who did it? And he mm -hmm. goes, oh, I yeah. used to have their business card. I should really find that. And then what happened, and I say this with nothing re with respect because I am a nerd. The nerds started helping going, oh, we'll help you find it. And then we tracked down, I got the guy's name. And Jeff and I ran it by Jeffrey Combs because he was still responding to me on Twitter. And I said, "Is it this guy?" And he goes, "Yes, that is him." And that's how we got that interview because I reached out and I said, "Jeffrey Combs highly recommends you. Will you do our show?" And Amazing. he said, "I have never had anybody ask me about a, designing the Andorian. Yes, I'll absolutely do your show." <laughs> I mean, look, and that is one of the funny things that when when I put together Blu-rays of Australian films, and I was doing one recently. Uh, and it was the second, I think the second <laughs> film that we had released on Blu-ray with the same cinematographer. And I was talking to the cinematographer for the for second one. And I mentioned that we had done his film prior. I don't really want to name names. And he's like, he was like, why didn't anyone call me when you did the last one? And I'm like, we didn't know how, like we, <laughs> it's not like you're in the phone book. I mean, it probably was in the phone book, but there's a lot <laughs> of other people with the same name in the phone book. We just we don't have phone books anymore. <laughs> It's, you know, it's not like you can, you, it you is know, tough. It is automatically tough. know how to get in touch with these people. Well, you, you know, it's funny. You, you, this is a funny story about, um, like I booked a lot of the early guests um, and I was just randomly going to like, okay, this is one of the movies I absolutely love. I would love to talk to somebody who did it. And I would look through the production notes going, okay, let me see if I can find this person. And I would find this person and I would contact them. And then what our one of our, our our very first interview with anybody who worked in Hollywood was, was Mick Strawn, who's now like a very personal close friend of ours. Um, and I would after doing after contacting the person, I would find out that they're friends with Mick. <laughs> and I had to keep going back to Mick and going, I am not trying to to build off of your name. <laughs> I am so sorry. I just kept finding out that they were friends with Mick's. And I was going, by the way, could you help me out with this? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, Mick Strawn is kind it. of like isn't Mick Strong kind of like the Mick Garris of the special effects world? Like everybody yeah, knows him and revolves around him. Yeah, I mean, he worked on everything from uh, what's the Marky Mark porn movie uh, to uh, Blade to Candyman to the canceled Fantastic yeah. Four. But, you know, the, the other part about that is that I find fascinating, and, and I wanted to acknowledge this because I, not that anybody's going to hear that and be like, maybe we should change our mind. But I think I speak for the Boneheads. We would love to talk to some people that worked on The Muppets. And yeah. I have I have contacted and spoken to yeah. four different people that worked on the old school Muppets when Jim Henson and literally the response I have gotten from all four is nobody's going to care about those stories. Nobody's hey, going to care. Hey, let's, always, um, let's, always. Let's, let's do that for our show and beat them to it and they're pissed off. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. No, because all we will do, and I'm going to tell you this right now, all we will do is take your show that you record We'll redub us asking the questions and then cut in the response. <laughs> or we will like say we we're on Good Movie Monday as well. We'd love to talk to you. Only we're not going to give you 15 or 20 minutes. You can come talk to us for six hours. We'll you could pitch there. your next project. You could do you the can... Peter David. We had Peter David, who's a science fiction writer the next for thing over I was three say. hours. <laughs> Peter David's not a science what, fiction writer. We ended Remember. it. We ended it. I was said, come back. my pants. Oh, uh, best part about that is when he went off on aliens and no, I kept and I encouraging him to. I love that ben, though, because we'll go David, for Frank Oz, mate. We'll go for Frank Oz. 
Peter David was the equivalent. Oh fuck of... you, Glenn! If you get if you get Frank Oz, <laughs> I want to do Frank Oz, but I don't want to talk Muppets oddly enough. I want to. I would love to t- say I want you for as long as you'll give me to tell me every story you can about the making of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Just, just start if, going. Just start going. I will just Frank listen Oz, the entire time. If you get Frank Oz, I am going to message you every week at the exact same time a picture of my brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> every, every day until the day the I die. Is, if we got if we got Frank Oz, I could tell him how I lost a five dollar bet because I was convinced that he is the he was the alien at the in the beginning of Star Wars that talks to Luke in the cantina who does the you know my friend doesn't like yeah. you yeah. I don't like you either and I was like that's Frank Oz a hundred percent and then it was like my, all, all my friends are like no that's a hundred percent not Frank Oz we it love is, dirty is. rotten scoundrels i had ian mcdermott on a stage full of nothing but star wars fans at comic-con and the first thing i go is we're not going to talk about star wars i need your best dirty rotten scoundrels <laughs> i would i would rather talk about what about bob than dirty rotten scoundrels oh little shop of horrors okay. yeah so, so for- dirty rotten scoundrels just the way he's beginning uh, singing the blues brother right? i showed my oh, showed yeah. my daughter i showed One my daughter condom new one condom. No, one prophylactic. prophylactic. Sorry, <laughs> prophylactic. I, uh, I should know better. I've watched it. It's on a pencil. Out. It's on a pencil, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And it says so. It's not used. Prophylactic soiled. soiled. <laughs> I think uh, you're right. I dropped the ball. I, I brought shame to the Blue Brothers. I was gonna say uh, th- this Halloween. Um, uh, f- so every for every week for Halloween, I introduced my my oldest daughter. She's eight to movies halloween related that i love so first week was beetlejuice um and then the second week i'm like oh do i show her little shop of horrors little shop of horrors do i show it to her i'm like you know what she's old enough she can handle it so i showed her little shop of horrors and got it it, it, i got emotional because i was watching (laughs) her watch the movie and realizing that's how i watched the movie when i was that age and it's great she loved it she talked to me she still she was singing uh suddenly seymour for a whole week and i'm just like going oh man that's my kid and i was like it was just it was literally like going back in time and watching me in front of the in front of the you know small uh tube television on the floor like this watching little shop of horror over and over again it was great so, oddly yeah, enough chad talk to frank oz about little shop of Horrors. oddly enough chad i introduced my kids to little shop of horrors and that they really enjoyed it obviously my theater loving kid enjoyed it the funny part to me though was um i've been scarred so much by family guy that the fact that family guy has made about 14 different allusions to little shop of horrors mocking the songs in it that i kept slipping into the family guy versions of the songs and that's how (laughs) scarred my my mind i tried that i tried that with my niece my niece is obsessed with horror movies and she's 12 now. And I tried, I keep trying to show her stuff. I was like, I'm like, you know, her mother is very against me showing her <laughs> like any horror movies. But I, even when she was like, she was like seven, I was like, she, I tried to put on, I put on the beginning of Star Wars just to that Darth Vader introduction. I'm like, how scary is this? And she's like, eh, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, then. Let's let's see. I put on I put on the opening scene she of Dawn was... of the Dead, the remake with the, with the kid in Phaser. I'm like, no, oh, she God. responded, "I want martyrs or better." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, and she was obsessed. Like on the top shelf in the other room, in the lounge room, I've got the uh, demons VHS, which is the demons face, mm-hmm. uh, the green one. That's the one that she's yeah. like, she's like, oh, can I can I watch that one? Can I? Yeah. 
Uh, that was me as a kid. Uh, <laughs> and then I, like, I spoiled it for her. Like, uh, her, she was supposed to go with a friend. She was going to see Barbarian last week, and uh, she was. I was. I was around at their place, and she was at the friends at the friend's house, and she'd called up to say, "I oh, look, we 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 didn't get to go to the movie last night. Can you and to her mother? Can you take us?" And I was like, "Have you seen Barbarian? Like, that's not appropriate." <laughs> and I, I totally spoiled it for her because I think you got to work. Like to see those movies, <laughs> you've got to work to see them when you're not old enough to see them. Otherwise, you don't appreciate them enough. Like What's you really got to put the effort in. So what you're that, saying is when you're saying about work, you're like, I'm going to go buy a ticket for Lyle Lyle Crocodile, but yeah. I'm going to walk my ass straight past it into Barbarian. Is that what you mean yeah. by work? Because Yeah, I yeah but ben and, I, ben and I would both go into Lyle Lyle Crocodile. You know it. Yeah, yeah totally. By the way, though, but, you know, once Harkening back to what I said earlier, have you thought about introducing your niece to uh, the ultimate in terror, uh, the last unicorn? <laughs> well, that's uh, my, my five. My I know she's not five anymore. She, my six-year-old niece. I would uh, I would love to because uh, she she always wants to watch horror movies that aren't scary. That's her. She she really wants to be and do do what her big sister like be into the same things that her well, big did, sister. Did, did you not hear like, his story about the last unicorn? Yeah, yeah. terrifying, <laughs> like, terrifying. Yeah. The bull is on fire. What part of that yeah. do you all not understand? That's creepy. Boy, he really put the the Kentucky emphasis on that. On that fire. bull's on fire. Bar, bar. I say. Oh, have you bar. Had, have you drank any of this bar ball? <laughs> it's but, delicious. Uh, like, I think, you know, if you haven't figured out how to, like, I used to have to sneak up after my parents had gone to bed and watch, watch you know, the late night horror movies on TV or sneak them in, like, you, you'd, you know, you go to the video store and you try and swap the tape over and you put the horror movie tape into the kids' movie cover and, yeah. and watch it that way. Or, you, like, a friend at school, like, you borrowed 10th generation dub. Like you really had to work hard because you know these things weren't accessible. Like all she has to do is figure out how to get past the parental lock on Netflix. But uh, yeah, even that, like you got to do something. You got to. I, I was it. not. I did not have that Otherwise, experience. My mom did not censor me at all. I still remember like going to the video store one day and I picked. We picked up the Dead Pit, You're Nightmare right. on Elm Street two, and then um, my brothers picked up a, a Lorenzo, uh, maybe Snake Eater. I think it was Snake Eater. Now that's the most that's the more scarring of those films because where did he hide where did he hide that that uh the bug? Yeah, hide the, the whole thing. Yeah, it was, the that thing was the same with me. Naked and he's like, Where's the wire? By the way, I love same the fact that like me and video stores, like um I went to hire the lamp when I was about eight, and like they wouldn't let me hire the lamp because it's R rated down here. And so my mum marched right back in and said, You will hire that to my son. <laughs> I actually have a question for you. I know you all normally do movies, but thinking about being censored and things like that, or your parents watching what you watch and things like that. Um, my parents were very strict on movies, but they would let me read anything. And oddly enough, I think that's why I'm desensitized to not desensitized. I really still enjoy it, but horror novels, mm -hmm. I read them. I enjoy them, but they don't give me the same buzz <laughs> as movies. They don't affect me the same way. The the um I think William Beagle wrote the last unicorn. I've read the last unicorn. It doesn't terrify <laughs> me the way the cartoon did. I I say all that to say I know you all normally talk about movies, but as fans of horror movies, are there horror novels that y'all gravitate toward, or does it just not give you the same effect? 
Well, I tend to mostly read children's literature. So Wizard of Oz, like original never ending story, that type of stuff. And if I go horror, I'm pretty basic with my like Stephen King, early Stephen King stuff. Yeah, but I don't read a lot of horror. It's mainly kids literature, good kids literature. Hmm. Like I, I, I've, I've, I used to be a voracious reader, but I like in the last five years, I guess since I got since I subscribed to Audible, <laughs> I, I completely stopped reading anything. I just listen to audio book. You mean you mean Newsly? New, sorry, Newsly. Uh, when I subscribe, <laughs> Newsly, I, I've stopped. I, I've I've noticed like almost overnight, like even eBooks. I stopped reading eBooks. Um, I just wait for the audiobook to come out. But, and when I listen to horror e-book, horror audiobooks, they terrify me. Like I listen to a lot of like zombie apocalypse kind of end of the world ones, which I love. And the, the tension, that's what, I mean, that's what really does it for me. It's not so much the fear for horror movies. It's the, the tension. I was that, gonna say, uh, it's interesting you brought up audiobooks because I've been listening. I do audiobooks when I drive because I'm in my car more than I should be. Uh, and, and you bring that up. The voice, who does the reading? really has to work yeah. for horror because I, I was listening to one and it's young adult aimed and uh what is it um the mark of cain and it's a continuation of one called long lankin and it's it's but they the, whoever and i'm blanking on who did the voice work but it's about these witches that were burned and it turns out you have to burn witches twice for them to not be able to come back and do terrible things and they curse the family and they keep coming back and possessing but it's a it's a really cool story. But it's the voice, the whoever the, the voice talent, the actor that the actor. does it, really does matter. So it's interesting you brought up audiobooks because I agree. I, it's 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 so if they can build the tension, and if if there's multiple voices, how well they can do those multiple voices to where I can keep track of who's talking. And can yeah. you imagine how hard it would be to maintain that? Because I know sometimes they do it in in segments and breaks and that. But if you're going a long haul of reading text, you know it's such a hard thing to do. Like I said, th- I think the last the last horror novel I read, I think, was Slugs by um, what's his name, Shane Shane Hudson. Is that his name? The, the, it's the and he's they based the movie Slugs off his novel. Like it, it was a, and he's done it. He's like a prolific horror horror writer, and he's this, he's this like lovely guy in the UK who uh, was more than willing to. At one point, we were going to release Slugs, and then. Um, I think Arrow ended up doing it. And we're like, well, okay, we can't, we're not going to be able to compete with this. But I contacted him for an interview and he was like, he was like, yes, hundred percent, I'll do it. And then it all fell through and he just kept, he's like, you, st- you want to interview me? Come, I do it. I'm like, I'm willing to talk. Do you want to interview me? Like, and I was like, oh, I've got nothing to interview about now. I should have just done it just to have a chat with him. Well, yeah, uh, of course. Cause that, once again, back to what we were saying, that's the best part of this job. Best part. Yeah. It's just, just having the chat. Yeah. Well, that's what you know. Look, I had a great time. I came the the second time I went to the US. I um I met up with Steve DeJarnay, the director of Cherry Two Thousand and Miracle Mile. I'm trying to get him on the show. He's he's great. He's great. Um, and he's a he's a super nice guy. Like, and I I went around to his house, and we just and he told me he told me way too much about Mm -hmm. the making of those films, and he's like, you can't use any of this, and I was like, a (laughs) hundred percent. Uh, but you can give us one one little thing no i can't give you no, anything. Give, us, give us your best melanie griffith was so awful story <laughs> well no well no melanie it wasn't that melanie griffith was awful i think i don't know if yeah uh, don't, don't do it, man. Don't do it. No, trouble. I was gonna say, Joe. In all fairness, how many times have we had we cut the camera and then people said, "I'm gonna tell you something," but it never leaves us. And well, so, now I respect that. 
Now, absolutely, because James is correct, that has been happened to us. And actually, in the last two years, more than it did the first couple of years of the cameras off. We had a good time. And I know we're getting close to our two hours now. We didn't even lay out a time on how long we're going to talk. We've almost been talking two hours, gentlemen. But I felt it. They, they <laughs> told us. Like you felt it. They told us some shit once everything was stopped. I was like, God damn, you couldn't just yeah. let us push record yeah. and it's like no see i interviewed somebody recently i'm not going to say who but um it's i like to hit record immediately because i don't like to run the risk of accidentally not hitting record when we're in the mode mode of talking and so he comes into it and he went off at me he goes don't record he goes i'll tell you when to record and he like fucking scolded me i'm like okay dude well you better hope i remember to hit record again because fuck but yeah and then i'm um, yeah it sort of ruined the mood of the whole conversation right but i mean there's a couple there's and i can't say the director but he just and there's a couple of huge one of them actually i think most people know about a couple of them but we heard some i'll say this we've heard shit about michael mann and jim cameron that we can't talk about mm-hmm. right so what was that I just said we can't actually now there's one story <laughs> that we do have that was recorded speaking of our special effects guy right yeah. the one that did the andorian antennas worked on a certain james cameron film where he designed the horse puppet the scene where a certain mega action star rides a horse onto an elevator yeah that's true gentlemen remember the story he couldn't um they couldn't fit the actual horse and the director of that certain mega action star wasn't happy that the horse wouldn't fit on the elevator so he made him design a half mechanical half robotic but otherwise puppet and he was inside of it and a certain mega action star kept thinking it was hilarious to keep (laughs) breaking wind upon said uh schwarzenegger was farting on the prop guy Yep, and and (laughs) he said the entire time, and actually his comment on James Cameron that we could record was, there's a lot of people that love to work with him, and if you're in that inner circle, he's really great to work with. Yeah, we got that story, but we did not get a good Super well, Mario Brothers the movie story. I'm sorry, Chad. It's not always there, buddy. I can't. But that begs the question: like, wouldn't it be cheaper to just make a bigger elevator? It was something to do with the weight and the ratio of how the actual. And I swear, and to they God, wanted I to film in an actual location. They wanted to film in that yeah. actual elevator, like that. Yeah. It was an actual historic location, so they weren't allowed to mess with certain things. So it was cheaper to build a half robotic, half puppeteered horse and well, put Arnold on top. But of Glenn, the Farrelly you, brothers have the answer. You just hack their feet off. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Glenn, you Arnold's are the horse. You've had to run in with Michael Mann, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, there is actually, speaking of, we've heard about Michael Mann two or three times. I did a two parter, just, I can't remember why these two couldn't do it with, oh my God, he's the director of Poltergeist 3, uh, uh, Vice Squad, uh, Dead and Buried. I was, he's, he was, he, he was laid back at his house on a Saturday morning and he, and it's all in the interview, so I could talk about it. He didn't ask because mm-hmm. we've had a Gary Sherman. Gary Sherman. Gary Sherman. Gary Sherman. I ended up having to break it into two. He, his, his version of Michael Mann was I would shoot him with a 357. He had the gun specifically picked out of how he would. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So he, didn't like and, me fact, he didn't, he didn't like me fact checking him. And I, I did leave a 
quite a bit out of the interview that I could have left in just out of respect. But yeah. But have you how many times this is something that didn't happen to the last two years either? And and one of them he actually contacted he's going to come back on the show. He's got a new movie coming out. I haven't told these two yet. But he asked I've been asked a few times to go back and cut stuff out and we have. Um yeah, right. I tend to say I mean if it's reasonable, yeah. If it's not reasonable, I'll say I'll just lose the interview. Like that's not worth it. Like I kind of um, crack the shits a bit that way. No, I, both of those I thought was reasonable. One was someone was going through a divorce, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and they had mentioned they did, they weren't individual. all that cut out. And then the other one was the person they were talking about were dead, and they slept on it the next morning and said. <clears throat> and I actually think we probably. I don't think he was that bad at that person but i once again we operate on goodwill yeah and he did not there's this yeah but i mean it is most of the time it's there's usually good reason like you know their request to remove it and if it's easy to do it's not a problem but and if it's unreasonable it's like well you offered that freely and it's not going to have any big consequence at the end of the day like if they've got attitude behind it i'd rather just not have the interview and we just move on yeah okay cool well Guys, we've been talking for almost two hours. Is there anything else you'd like to ask us? Because simply, you're on our show, so you're supposed to be asking us questions, I guess. When are we going to do your show? You've done it. Yeah, but when are we going to do it again? <laughs> We're doing Christmas. 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 Oh, that's, yeah, but that's with 46 other Australians. Joe, do you have your ugly <laughs> Christmas sweater picked out yet? You, you, you didn't have one designed with me and Chad's face on it or nothing? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> speaking of martyrs <laughs> I, just because i had the stigmata that one time stigmata that one time all right one more question for glenn and ben yeah so, so uh, answer separately we'll start with glenn garbage pill kids the movie it used to be a big fat yes and i went back to that probably three months ago fairly recently and very difficult watch it was not what i remember and this is a movie i had watched on repeat right through my early adulthood right and Same i still here, loved yeah. it and but i the the space of maybe a decade something happened with me and i just watched it again i was like nuts now you prefer <laughs> uh you prefer mad balls now don't you yeah totally was yeah. there a mad balls the movie it was like a. It been. <laughs> I've, I've got a. I've got a videotape of it. I've never actually seen it. I didn't know. I think it was like. A, isn't it like a? It's a TV episode they put on VHS <laughs> or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There isn't. There was an animated cartoon of Mad Balls, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah. So Glenn. Yeah. I mean Ben. I mean, look. I, I, I. To be honest with you, it is one of the few childhood uh, favorites that I have haven't gone back to. So I haven't seen it in about thirty-five. Oh, hold on to that. Years. Hold on to that. <laughs> don't yeah, hold it. on to it because i'm i am um, you know it, it, and it, funnily enough like every when i think about it what comes into my head is the punky brewster cartoon for some reason flying alien yeah, thing, the, the right? weird uh yeah the yeah the, the characters thing, are very similar the, yeah <laughs> it was yeah, like I, surely there was a maybe there was a crossover with the garbage cow pal kids and uh the punky brewster cartoon now, they have am I misremembering this? Because I tried to watch it a couple of years ago and couldn't sit through it. Yeah, I'm a Glenn. Yeah, I'm a Glenn. I, I, I agree. The, the opening credits are like 10 minutes long. Oh, yeah. 
Well, you've like got to give Is it like those... a Star Wars intro? Yeah, it's a Star Wars ripoff, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. it just takes forever, and it's just it's Joe, clearly killing time. when you make a work of art, you want to give everybody all the credit they deserve. I, but the, can, the, I, can I say this? It's a good-looking yeah. movie. I love the production design on it. Like, oh, it yeah. It looks good, and that's what appeals to me is the look of it, particularly in the store. Um, before the puppets come out of the garbage pail, like, just everything, the way it's placed on camera, looks glorious. Yeah, but then it goes downhill. Yeah, but I, I agree with Glenn. It, I've looked fondly on that movie as a child, and then I watched it maybe two years ago, and it just ruined it for me. I'm like, oh, this movie's, oh, that's so disappointing. Super Mario Brothers, though. Yeah. Do you think sometimes? Oh, so... I'll just. Uh... Yeah, he plays Greaser Greg. Yeah, put it out there. Fun the car is it. Chad, do you ever think the Garbage Pail Kids look at you and think they're disappointed in the way that you look 35 years later? Dude, I have a, I have a framed uh, picture up in my my dork hole of old Garbage Pail Kids. And yes. Hey, you're, you're what? Uh, I, have, I have a dork hole. I, I call uh, Joe, uh, I call Joe's base, uh, people call him Man Case. I have a dork hole. Yeah, right. I've converted he started mine. Calling, he started calling my man gave a dork hole, which was fine. Yeah. I thought dork hole was actually much more appropriate. But yeah, you put dork stick. Mm, we wanted to start a a fake website to uh, to create our own reviews for uh, for posters and stuff when I like ten years ago. And uh, my boss's idea was to call the website Film Hole, <laughs> and he had like a like a theme song. which was like stick it in your film hole, and that was that's awesome. Pull, I would actually, by the way, that was going to be you know a fantastic film, Film Hole. All that, right. That I would I would actually watch uh, that that. Oh my God, we've we've solved it. We can now relaunch the Garbage Pail Kids. The Garbage Pail Kids go to film home. I'll, I swear, <laughs> before we end, all I can remember is that movie came and went in the theaters, and it was really didn't. It wasn't. It was really videotape here, right, Chad? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So same. I had a friend named Kevin. I won't say his last name, and I remember I haven't seen him in twenty years. But he obsessed for months and months and months of when this damn movie was going to come out and he was going to be able to see it. And great. That sounds like me with um, Evil Woman slash Saving Silverman. Because they had the standard (laughs) like a good year before that film came out. And I was was big into Jack Black and I had a a major thing for, uh, was it uh, Amanda Peet? Yeah. Uh, I think. uh, Don't forget Ali Ermi taking a shit in the garden bed. And uh, yeah, yeah, and and they sing Neil Diamond at the end, which is still like that version, that version of uh, was it? Uh, I can't even remember the name of the song. The oh, it's great, Sweet Caroline. I don't. Know. No, no, no. It's they, they do the. Uh, it's it keeps repeating the word sing, like in the in the chorus. I can't remember the name of the song. Yep. Um, but uh, it, it's completely different to the Neil Diamond version, even though Neil Diamond is singing it on the on the stage with them and I've, i was just obsessed with it and it's very upsetting yeah. it took so long because that's because at first it came out it was evil woman that's yeah. what the standies all said and then it disappeared and a year later saving silverman came out and i was like what the fuck is this like this the standee is exactly the same as evil woman <laughs> do they just shoot two movies back to back my dvd is the evil woman cover yeah 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 i didn't even know it was a different name other than saving silverman yeah downhill yep yeah 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 Yeah. all right guys thank you all so much for coming on the show thank you always for supporting us 
Uh, hey, thank you for contributing to our show, mate. You guys put in a lot of work for us. Like it's week after week, you know, you you always deliver. So we appreciate that. This is where well, I we're... call the dick sucking segment. We're going to start voting it in, and I'm just going to start every movie, no matter what topic we're doing. I'll just start saying uh, Chaos X versus Sever as the answer. (laughs) Well, hold on. Real quick, real short story. We rarely miss a deadline. The other day, I was trying to get back. I had Scarefest. We're doing Lloyd Kaufman. I was drunk. I was, oh, my God trying to get i don't even remember which segment it is and i had two from you glenn going you, you got it done yet mate 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 <laughs> mate mate <laughs> I'm the funny thing is i think this is on the on the episode you hadn't delivered it as we were recording and it was oh, yeah, like right as i came as because it's scripted i came out of your segment and i said oh just for those that want to see behind the curtain as the boneheads were talking they just delivered that segment like <laughs> yeah yeah I, I we were forever getting it i can't remember there were several different factors and something that stopped me because we didn't record it till like 48 hours before and then there's <laughs> something that stopped me from doing it the night before oh my god i appreciate it mate and and as ben will attest on a friday i get very anxious and uh everyone that contributes will know that uh the messages of mate mate, <laughs> mate, I, mate I don't mate. i don't know why joe shocked by this because if you watch our show you'll know that i had COVID. <laughs> and had to keep muting my mic as i coughed up my love i watched that i watched that and joe was still like we gotta record man we gotta record we gotta make this happen and i literally i'm like i can't breathe for long periods of time but we'll do this and if we don't miss a gig as you said you saw it you saw me in a baseball cap i kept my shades on because my eyes were all bloodshot and if you would have been able to if if my camera was better, if I had HD, you would have saw sweat pouring off of me as I sat there and was like, I can't raise my hands too many times because they'll shake. So I'll just I'll just do this. I just, I just like that. I'm um, I'm sure that at the time it would have been like that Simpsons bit with the the subway with uh, Joe sitting there and like Glenn mate and you there like <laughs> next to death floating around mate. we gotta do it but we don't we don't miss a gig we don't miss that james can attest he actually almost had to prop me up to do a presentation that we were getting paid for correct james and this is true four days later where was i Uh, you were in the icu this is a true story by the way (laughs) he walked in on his own power because we had a deadline we had to be there and then when we were i don't know if you remember this i don't know if you remember this joe when we walked out the car was parked in the exact same spot. Yeah, I didn't I wait till he went in and move it. We <laughs> had to stop twice. And it wasn't walk. like I was parked in Lake Wobegon. We were parked really close. He had to stop twice and he literally had to do the wait, wait, wait. And it was like a five minute break. So it took yeah. us about 20 minutes to get back to the car. But Joe, I will give Joe credit. Okay, yes. I had COVID, but you almost died, and we still I propped, does that. Nilly, I Nilly, propped myself yeah. up on the podium. Remember? Oh, you yeah, you and were leaning the on the I stood to the side. Yep, no, you're nearly every right. single week. Ben does the whole wait, wait, and and then he comes and it's all good, and we keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's the problem. Usually, Joe already has, and it's just he needs to get <laughs> I'm like Ron Jeremy. I can count backwards from ten and just go. <laughs> so I need to. I need to count back from ten. <laughs> And on that note, thank you all so much. Please subscribe to Bone. What is our show again? Oh, I said, please subscribe. 
My computer froze up. The battery ran out. Sure it did. Yeah, that's that's really what you get did. for subscribing. Ooh. If you subscribe, we burn. <laughs> subscribe to Good Movie Monday. Check them out. They're a fantastic show and good friends, and we appreciate it. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Grrrr. <laughs>